two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, January 23rd. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in very rainy, very dreary, very sad, but still okay and still lovely. Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you're looking to get your MBA and you want to do so in just 12 months and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process... The UofL College of Business has you covered. They've got competitive internship opportunities that will make you feel like you're being paid. During that 12-month period, they've got evening classes. They've got online classes. They will work around your schedule to get you your MBA, again, in just 12 months. To find out how and to take the first steps, visit business.louisville.edu today. We're on the air from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, Streaming all over the planet, Earth, and beyond. You know what's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here on a game day edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. We've got Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, here as well to field all of your complaints for the next three hours, which you can send in on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Scoots, how are we on this uh, very... Can, can I even just? We said it was coming. The gross weather was coming, and it's here in full effect today. Hey, this is not nearly as gross as snow, so I'll take rain every day of the week. So that that considered, I'm I'm doing fantastic. Got me a nice little lunch today. Went to Roosters, had me a fun casual time. Got me a nice meal. Um, so I'm I'm feeling energized. I'm I'm ready to go. A little fun casual time. You're you're a yeah. true Cardinal man now these days. That's a big big U of L spot. Cards well, fans love Roosters. I was thinking more of Big X Spot. But well, Big X Spot, well, they, they two go hand in hand. We are the, uh, the new home of Cardinal Athletics. You're not wrong. Yeah. 970 WGTA. We'll have your coverage tonight for uh, Louisville versus Louisville versus Duke. Uh, <laughs> can't wait. Very excited. The Dukies are in town. Uh, we'll talk about all that good stuff. We, we have plenty of time to talk about the game, and we will do just that. But you, you, you've been out and about today. How was the, uh, the Monday night? Any shenanigans with Gil? Uh, no, not really. I, I didn't, by the time I got home due to having to upload two podcasts, didn't get out here until about six 30. So you. I didn't get home till about seven last night. Really literally took a shower, sat on my couch, watched two episodes of love on the spectrum and went to bed. So two, two episodes of what now? Love on the spectrum. Love on the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming that's like a doc series. Uh, correct. Yeah. On right. people with autism being in love. Correct. Yeah. They set them up on like blind dates and try to get them to fall in love yeah it's very entertaining okay very entertaining i i just love their their whole mindset with everything is just such a beautiful thing okay i like, like that everything's so positive 
It I, is. I, I just, mm. I, I really enjoy it. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great recommendation. Yeah. Enjoy it. There's two seasons now, so now's the time to start watching. Second yeah. season just came out. There you go. Sounds like you're living it up. I am. Yeah. We had a, we what had a, a life. What a life. <laughs> <laughs> just not, just, you know, I mean, dude, Gil's just not around these days. You're doing what you have to do to survive. <laughs> I get it. It's fine. Uh, we, uh, by the way, I loved all the people that sent in the that that uh, messaged you and me about it being Tiffany Amber Thiessen's fiftieth birthday today. Yeah, how about that? She still got the fastball. That's crazy. She's fifty. I mean, you see the picture on Instagram. That's not the picture of her though. Is what? that that's not now, right? Yeah. No way. Yeah, you can. Follow, you can. You, I mean, there are other pictures of her on her Instagram. Like she's uh she's still got the fastball. She's still bringing it. She's, she's had some work done. There's no way she it. still looks that. Maybe, good. but whatever. She's still a dream. <laughs> She's beautiful. We love, we love uh, shout out to Tiffany Amberthies and happy birthday to you. We got other stuff to get to today. We'll talk obviously a lot about the the game. Uh, there may be, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but there may be a uh, 2024 Louisville football schedule drop during our show. Wow. I may already have my hands on it. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we can tease some of that. Maybe that'll be fun. I, I do love, it is starting to get to a point where we, we talked conspiracy theory radio yesterday about, you know, Kenny Payne starting Zan and how it all kind of it's starting to feel more and more like he's just trolling us the notion that Louisville football is is timing all of its big announcements and positive news around Louisville basketball games to try and give us something that distracts us from this basketball team is starting to also become more and more realistic like like every recruit that we get every transfer portal guy that we get has come in the midst of like a blowout loss in basketball just to try and just it's like Jeff Brom is trying to take some of the pressure off Kenny Payne and Payne's just refusing to to answer but yeah, with everybody kind of nervous about this game against Duke tonight and how it's going to go and how it may you know, get get out of hand again, having a nice little football schedule to fall back on, that'd be nice. Like that, that could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, uh, of course, we'll get into all the nonsense, all the all the madness that you will throw our way on the Thornton Sex Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I will try to avoid today. Lions talk. I mean, I'm talking to, I'm talking to Bill out there who does traffic over on WJXIE. And he's talking. He's like, "How about those lines?" I'm like, "Everywhere, it's awesome." His wife's from Detroit, which I just found Sweet. out. So, like, that was very cool to hear. I'm like, everywhere I go, it's all I want to do is talk lines, talk lines. But can't only talk lines so much on the show. It's it's it is what it is. You gotta do what you gotta do. But at the same time, you can only say the so many the same thing about Louisville basketball and you know, Kenny Payne. And I can't believe he says this stuff and all all this. Just it's it's repetitive. I get it. But people are like, what do you want to talk about? It's it's January twenty third. It's not my fault that we don't have new and exciting basketball storylines to cover. I am excited. This is how you know, kind of desperate I am to get back into the college basketball stuff. So my old bosses at SB Nation reached out. They've they've had me do freelance stuff off and on since like they let go of like everybody. Back when COVID happened, I used to have the college basketball gig. They still use me for college basketball stuff because I'm, you know, Card Chronicles still under the umbrella, so I'm still technically an employee. But they, they want me to do more pre-tournament stuff this year. They're like, you know, we, we can pay you this much, and you write about like early season tournaments, um, you know, mid-season storylines, mid-season like, like all this stuff. And I was like, hell yeah! Like I, I'm desperate to write about anything college basketball that's not Louisville focused <laughs> at this point. It's going to be such a breath of fresh air. I feel like I'm going to dedicate. It'll be like the old days where I'm just like constantly writing, constantly reading stuff. Like I'm ready to jump back into it. Like I, I absolutely jumped on the opportunity. I'm like, I would have paid you <laughs> to write non-Louisville college basketball stuff for the next uh, next three months. So I'm excited to be doing that. Awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. Jump back into it. Had a good, uh, another good betting night last night. You've been on fire. 
it's only with college basketball. Like, because then I get, you know, I'm watching the NFL games and I'm kind of getting greedy. I'm like, yeah, I want to have a little bit of a rooting interest here. And I'll throw, like, I cannot hit an NFL bet to save my life. But college basketball has been the bread and butter. And so I bet, um, my big bet last night was Montana. They were a two point home favorite against uh, Weber State. It's kind of the, the, the big sky power, but Montana, I think they're the better team. They've been really good at home. We were not great on the road. So I was like, eh, I don't, I don't think two's enough. And, and, and Montana blows them out. So I, I made that bet individually, and then I took Weber, I mean Montana, and the other two favorites. I made a money line parlay: Montana money line, Carolina money line, and then Kansas money line. I felt like that was pretty safe, so I bet pretty heavy. Hit both those bets. Felt wow. pretty good. I'm just rolling into Tuesday, raring to go. I'm hoping you can build us a good player parlay tonight. Well, you, you've been rolling with the who's going to hit the threes for the other team, so I'm hoping that continues. Here's the thing about tonight's game: Duke. Guess what they've done the last three games they've played. At least 10 or more made three-pointers in each of their last three games. Okay. They're also 25th in the country in team three-point percentage. They shoot it at a 37.9% clip. And we are, I, I checked the, the math on this, actually, and, and worked this out. It's an official statistic. We are the worst perimeter defense in the history of basketball at any level. I went back and checked the stats for every like third and fourth grade C team across the country. No one has defended the three worse than we defend it this year. That's uh, Mike Rutherford fact. Put my put name. If you have to reference me, have to reference the show if you're going to use that stat. But no one has ever defended the three worse than this Louisville basketball team. So Duke, yeah, I, like I don't know if they're going to have pull a Miami and miss a bunch of threes, but they're going to take a bunch of wide open threes. I can guarantee that. And it doesn't matter if Jeremy Roach is healthy tonight or Mark Mitchell is healthy. They're still going to get shots. That that they're they shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. We love giving up a lot of threes. So this could be yet another night where it's just catch and shoot practice. Looks like warm ups. So. That you know, we'll we'll get to player bets a little bit later, but that's the uh, that's where to lean heavily into yeah. opponents three point shots. I actually I meant to do some research earlier and look up their best three point shooters, but I completely forgot. So looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it too. Um, there's really I, mean, I, I, I keep wanting to pivot into other stuff, but there's just I mean, like, uh, did you see the Oscar nomination scoots? I didn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is the thing about the Oscar nominations now, like. This would have been good radio. Like John and I would talk about stuff like this all the time. But I don't watch any movies anymore. Like I, I think I, I guarantee you do a better job than I do. Oh no, shot. You, no? no shot. No, absolutely not. I am. I'm not. I'm just not a movie guy. And you know, it's funny because my reasoning for that has always been, well, I just don't want to spend two hours of my life watching a movie. But then I'll sit you watch down. Like five episodes of TV. In well, no, I was thinking more so. I'll sit down and I'll watch a college basketball game, and it, it's the same same thing. Yeah. Both two hours. So these are the movies that were nominated for Best Picture. I, I, I'm not going to ask you how many of these you've seen. Let's let's figure out how many of these we've even heard of. Okay? Uh, zero is how many I've seen. I mean, you've heard, I, I think I've seen, I've seen Barbie, almost all of it, like on and off, and that's it. But how many of these have you heard of? American Fiction. Nope. Haven't heard of it. Anatomy of a Fall. Nope. Nope. Barbie. Yeah, obviously. I've heard of it too. The Holdovers. Nope. I haven't either. Killers of the Flower Moon. Heard of that. I've heard of it, too. Maestro. Nope. I've heard of that. Oppenheimer. Of course. I've heard of that. Past Lives. Nope. Me either. Poor Things. Nope. The Zone of Interest. Nope. I'm, I'm knowing all those, too. I think the <laughs> only one that I've heard of that you hadn't was Maestro. It's so bad. We're so old. Like, I used to, like, like Mary and I, would do, when we first started dating, we would do, we would try to see all the best picture movies before the award show, and, you know, we, we would, like. Have, people would come over to her house. We'd watch it. We'd have this little contest. We'd print out these little. You, you can pick the winners of every category. Whoever won would get a prize. And now it's like I don't. Yeah, 
I, I, I'm judging which movies I've heard of. I'll do you one better. If you go down to the best actor and actress, best actor, best actress categories, there's 10 people total, and I've only heard of three of them. That's not true. Yeah, Bradley Cooper, Paul Giamatti, and Emma Stone. Those are the only three I've heard of. You've never heard of, like, Carrie Mulligan? Nope. You've never heard of Annette Benning? Nope. You've never heard of... Cillian Murphy's pretty big. I've never heard of any of those. Wow. That's that, that, that's pretty bad. I, have you heard of Ryan Gosling? I've heard of Ryan Gosling. Just because that's the guy that girls go crazy for, right? They do. Are uh, used to? Among other do things. Do they still? They still do. Okay. Gosling, he's smoldering. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., you've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah. Robert De Niro. Well, see, now you're on supporting actor. Exactly. I, yeah, I know you, majority of those guys. You should need the supporters. I don't know Sterling Brown or Mark Ruffalo. You should know Ster- You should know both those guys. <laughs> Come on, Scoots. Come on, Scoots. <laughs> this is a, this officially concludes. We used to always do like the like am I old section of the show where we would just get on things and was like, hey, let's reveal reveal how old we are. I think although I, I don't think kids are watching movies these days. Maybe we're just maybe we're young. Kids are watching the same movie over and over. Kids are watching the same movie over and over, and then they're doing the thing where they're like watching people watching movies. Like what they watch people watch video games or play video yeah, games I've and they watch people that. watch movies. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a weird thing. You know, I brought that up to somebody once. I was like cuz it was a coworker at the time and she was always watching people play video games. I'm like, "What? How how can you do that? How can you sit there and watch people play video games? Don't you want to play the video games?" And she looks at me straight-faced and she goes, "You watch people play sports." And it's, I'm like, "It's true." Oh my gosh, you're right. I could be out there playing the sport, but I'm not athletic. But like But it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're you're watching people like I, I will say like because I've hated on it too like, uh, like the whole like I don't understand the thing and then I think back to some of the funniest times I had like growing up was like after school we'd go to a buddy's house who lived close to, to Holy Trinity or Trinity and like watching them play video games and especially like, the, the the funny people who were which is I think the whole thing about Twitch is the, the funny people who would like joke and scream and like make funny jokes as they're like sucking at video games like it was always fun to watch like that was always kind of a fun thing to do. So I, I I guess I get the appeal. I guess I'm just too old for it. Now I I guess I do get like Grand Theft Auto clips pop up on my Facebook from time to time, and th- those are always funny. I enjoy watching those, but they're just short little 15, 20 second deals. The clips that I see that pop up, you know, be like, hey, this like, like Ninja is very famous apparently, and like he was, I know he's like a big Lions guy. He's at the game, so some of his clips I, I went to his profile because he was do, tweeting all this stuff in the Lions game. And he'll post clips, and I mean, these things have like you know, like eighteen billion likes, and it's like a forty-five second clip of him just like playing this game, and they're like, oh, and, and like, there's, there, I'm like, when was the the cool thing supposed to happen? Like, I, don't, I have no idea what I'm watching. There's no funny part. There's no like, oh my god, is something crazy happened? Like, it's just them playing, and like these are the highlights they're talking about, where he's like, he's like, get the get the get the rocket launcher. Whoa, this is cool, and like that's it. I'm like, this is again, it's a world that's just not for me. Yeah, I just don't get it, but. We I'm missed the curve. I guess. I, I, I'm old. I've, I've, I've said this a few times on the radio, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with it. Like, this is the first, like, we're entering a weird part of history where I think the different generations just have no idea what the other generations are about. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it, that makes sense, yeah. Like, typically, you know, even when, like, we were growing up, you, you're always going to have prime differences, inherent, like, core differences in, in the generations. But when something, when there was, like, a big phenomenon, like we all were watching it together. Like, like everybody was watching it on TV. Like when, when Deal or No Deal. Remember that was like a, oh, yeah. a huge thing. Or, or I guess the better example is like when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Like nineteen ninety nine. Like that summer when it took example. over. Like you know, kids are watching it. Adults are watching it. Like old adults are watching it. Like it was just like everyone kind of was on the same page. We were all like doing this thing. Like now, I think that people our age are, you know, we're watching 
we're, we're streaming, we're watching programs on on Hulu, on Netflix, and, and this stuff. The older generation, they're still watching basic cable. The younger generation is just not watching TV. They're they're just it's, it's all YouTube. It's all different. And so you have these these YouTube stars that are again they're making millions of dollars and. People like us and older have just never even heard of these people, like yeah. never, never, ha- and have no idea what they're going on, have no idea what they do, and it's never really been like that before. So. I mean, Mr. Beast is another one. When I went to Wisconsin this summer, the I went with a buddy and his wife and their two kids, and that's all their kids wanted to do was eat a Mr. Beast burger, and I was like, what, "Why is this such a big deal?" I'd never heard of this guy like three months ago. He's he's everywhere. He's loaded, and he I still don't really know all, what he does. He just gives people money. Basically, I mean, that's great work if you can find that's, it. That's what I, that's what I gather from him. It's one of the reasons why I think I'm still drawn to it, and I do wonder if sports are going to be affected in, in the generations to come. Like, I remember as recently as six, seven, eight years ago, I, I did a forum, and, uh, and it was a lot of like athletic directors and, and some of the like local owners of sports franchises, like the GMs for the for the Bats and City and stuff. And their biggest thing was trying to find a way to appeal to younger millennials and Gen Z. Like just trying to get them involved, trying to get them to like sports, try to get them to go to games and and you know be active participants when they're away from games. And I do wonder if we're going to see the atten- the dwindling attendance just continue, not because people don't want to go to games because they can watch from home, just because the next generation just doesn't care as much as we did. Well, and ticket prices are going to continue to rise as well. Ticket prices aren't going anywhere, but you, you mean I think you do have a, a a generation of kids growing up now who just aren't going to digest and and breathe and eat the stuff the way that we did growing up. I mean, I was obsessed with sports, but mm-hmm. you've got a billion different options of things to do now that you didn't have when, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's just, a, it's a different world. I was actually thinking about this on my ride home last night, but isn't it crazy how when it's all said and done, we are at the very beginning of professional sports? I mean, think think like 300, 400 years down the line and there's going to be a Lions fan. Oh, we've won 36 Super Bowls. Like, what? Yeah. And then that's to think about. It is possible. Yeah. I mean, that, that's certainly, I, yeah. You never know. Hopefully, we're still doing this thing in like 400 years. But, you know, I mean, the Lions probably still won't have a Super Bowl. The Lions, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be the only. Do you remember back in 300 years ago, we made it to the NFC Championship game and got our hearts broken by the 49ers? Haven't hosted a home playoff game since. We've never been that close <laughs> since then. Uh, that's probably, yeah. The, the Reds still haven't advanced the playoffs since 1990. <laughs> that's going to be it. The next level basketball coach is still trying to be the guy that gets us back from four centuries ago to where Indiana we were. Indiana too. Yeah, yeah. Indiana still hasn't played in a regional final. <laughs> it's all yeah. Somehow Kentucky will have won sixty-five national titles. <laughs> it's going to be hell for everybody. Hey, those are problems for four hundred years, uh, Rutherford's to deal with. That's fine. We, we'll get there. Uh, we do have a, a speaking of times changing and, and hopefully getting back to times being the way that they were at one point. It is crazy to me, and I. I I feel like I'm regurgitating a take that I gave last week when we were playing North Carolina, but I mean, Louisville's playing a home game against Duke tonight. Mm-hmm. Duke is, can I fans cover your ears or, or get mad, whichever one you want to do. Duke to me is the biggest brand in college basketball. When you think college basketball and like you're not a college basketball person out there, like you, you think Duke, like I assume Duke's good. I know Kentucky's up there. I know Kansas is up there. I know UNC's up there, but Duke, fair or not, has become, I think, the identifying brand of college basketball. Maybe blame ESPN for it, blame what Coach K, whoever you want. Like they're still the top dogs. There's an aura about that program when they come into your building, and it's different now without Coach K. But still, the jerseys are the are, are the jerseys. Like Duke brings a certain cachet with them, and this year's Duke team, despite being disappointing so far, still very good. They, they were preseason number two in the country. 
They're uh, 13 and four now. They're coming off a pretty embarrassing home loss to Pitt, but it's still a team that is that they're 13th in on Ken Palm. They're 19th in the net rankings. They're four and two in the ACC. I think they still have the talent to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So this is a big deal. Getting this team, this program, coming into your building late January, heart of college basketball season, for a Tuesday night contest, and nobody cares. You know, I, I mean, people care. People care about the program, but nobody expects Louisville to win this game tonight. And I think even if they did, it doesn't change anything dramatically. Like, like there'll be celebrations. It'll be like the Miami win, where people are like, "Good for the kids. They they deserve that." Like this is where where did this come from? And we'll talk about it. And we'll discuss it. But at the end of the day. It'll make a six and twelve team, seven and twelve, and a team that's like two thirty six in the net up to like two sixteen in the net. Like the, the, the big picture wise, it won't change anything. And that's, I think that's what sucks the most about being where we are right now is there's not even games like this. You can dream about winning them. Like it, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world for Louisville to win tonight. Duke has uh, two guys, two of their three leading scores uh, are hurt. Jeremy Roach didn't play against Pitt. He's their second leading scorer and, and their point guard. And Mark Mitchell, the third-leading scorer, didn't play against Pitt either. There's been no update on their condition. We don't know what their availability is going to, to be tonight, and even if they do play. They might be a little bit banged up. So this is a game, it would not be like the shocker of all shockers for Louisville to win this game. They beat Miami as a bigger, uh, bigger underdog a couple weeks ago. But even if it happens, it's not going to elicit this just citywide celebration like it would have in the past because you can't even dream about, hey, like, Maybe this win spurs them on to like 10 or 15 straight wins. Maybe they can still make the NCAA tournament. Maybe they could position themselves for a conference tournament run. And I think that's the most uh, disheartening thing about where you are right now is these games just quite literally don't matter. Now, maybe they matter in terms of whether or not Kenny Payne can can somehow rise from the ashes and, and do enough to warrant a third year. I mean, if you beat Duke and you do win 7 to 10 games or something crazy like that, then, yeah, that becomes a conversation. But as of right now, it's all just... I mean, going back to the same conversation we've had for the last month, the same thing that I wrote a month ago, it's all just being at rock bottom and having to sit there and wait for whatever's next. And that's the, the, the waiting's the hardest part. The waiting's the worst part. The waiting's the, the part that sucks the most. But that's where we are. And the fact that a home game against a highly touted Duke team is part of this just waiting process is, is horribly depressing. And I hope this is the last year that it's like this. Even if we're not NCAA tournament good next year, I hope that we're competitive enough to be in a position where we're excited about games like this, we're excited about brands like this coming into our building, and we're excited about what a potential victory could do for that season in the direction of the program. I mean, it's Duke, for God's sake. Like This is when we made the move to the ACC and we all were on cloud nine almost a decade ago. Nights like tonight were what we were thinking about. Games against Carolina and Duke and and you know having a somewhat manageable ACC football schedule but still an uptick from the Big East. And you know, playing in the preeminent college basketball conference in America and and to have it be here almost 10 years later and have games like this with just no buzz, no momentum, no feeling whatsoever is is not what we signed up for, but it's where we are. Does the name of Duke get more butts in the seats tonight? I think you'll have a few more. I mean, I, I think that it'll, I, I think it will be kind of like the NC State game, maybe a little bit more. You, I mean, you also you'll have some sidewalk Duke fans that will show up because Duke fans are everywhere. But like, like I think you'd have a, a decent crowd if you because the NC State crowd had a little bit of an additional buzz after the Miami win. You had a few more people there. It was like what the the actual FOIA request had it at like sixty five hundred, yeah, which is up from the four thousands for most of the season. But then you go out and you lay two stinkers after that. Exactly, and I, I think that. 
if you had been remotely competitive against Wake Forest, because the, the Carolina game, it was a 16-point loss, but there were moments that you could say, hey, you know, they, 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 they competed with Carolina. The Wake Forest game, if you'd, if you'd almost won it or you had won it, I think you'd have a lot more buzz here. People are right back to being just like, everything sucks. This guy's ridiculous. I mean, the Zanpain starting debacle also didn't help things. I, I think people are back to being mostly furious. But you will see, I think, more people that just want to see Duke, want to see the team play Duke, and and you'll get Duke fans in there. I would not be shocked at all if this is like, if it tops, just like slightly over 7,000. But it's not going to be, it's not going to be a wildly different scene than what we've we've seen so far. This Spears year. was trying to tell me earlier that there's going to be 12,000 people there. They, I think they'll announce. I about fell out of my chair. Like they'll that. announce over 12,000 people. Sure. Yeah. I can see that happening. But when the FOIA, because I, I think they announced over 12,000 for the NC State game. By the way, in regards to the FOIA request, why don't they just go ahead and put out that number? Because they know everybody's going to ask anyways. Yeah, but like th- those don't get like, – like the official attendance goes on the official box score. It right. goes on like the ESPN. So more people, I think, will see that number than we'll see the, the, the Twitter accounts that are getting the FOIA requests and, and that number kind of circulating. I'm just saying, make it easier I, on I, yourself. I mean, I, just I, put that out there. It's a silly thing. I mean, I, I guess you do it for historical records and stuff. Like Louisville – you know, Louisville for forever until the last couple of years was always had been top three in attendance for like twenty five straight years or something like that. Um, they, they've been number one a couple of years. They, they, you know, they it was always Louisville, Kentucky, and Syracuse were the top three, and then you know they've kind of fallen on hard times. Chris Max last year, I think they dropped to like five or six, and then last year, of course, they were terrible, and, and this year again. But like, you still want to be able to to claim, hey, we were t- even at our lowest, we were top twenty five in attendance. Uh, I don't know. It's a fair point. I, I wish sense. everybody would just be honest about the scan number, but yeah. they're not going to be. It's, it's the way of the world. So, yeah, I mean, Spears, if he's saying 12,000 legitimate, I fully disagree, but I, I do think they'll announce like 12, 13. I've told 000. him to stop drinking before his show. Well, he just won't listen. It's been a hard year for Bellarmine. <laughs> people are blaming him for it. Blaming on Bellarmine. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I got Doug and Scotty Davenport texting me about, what do, you, what do you know about the Spears guy? I think he's tanked the program. <laughs> Yeah, he's the reason why they. I think they haven't won a conference game yet. Um, they've only beaten one Division One team. They've they've been wrecked by injuries. They've had a couple of bad losses, some bad officiating, and you know they're starting to say this is all. This wasn't happening before John Spears started doing. This. <laughs> by the way, when we talked about this last week, I got a text from him the next day, and he was like, "What was Mike ragging on me for?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like ragging on you. I don't remember him ragging on you." Yeah, he said I'm the reason Bellarmine's lose. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, that's he not did me. Say that. That's from the Davenport's. <laughs> that's what they're texting me. Bo Braden's like, "What are you, the Spears guy? You gotta get him out of here. We wanted you." I'm like, "I, you know, I, I'm busy. I don't know what you want me to say. I can't help you." If they don't beat North Florida at home on Thursday, it's Spears' fault. That's that's what they're saying. Yep. Now. He may be out. <laughs> they're going to bring in an interim radio guy. That's the big rumor. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we can talk more about this Duke game a little bit, and then we'll take some texts from you guys at 502-414-1450. Maybe we'll play a little Am I the A-hole today. I don't know. We, we need a little bit of a distraction. It's gloomy. It's gross out there. We'll figure out something to do. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Big X.
back in. Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Let me just say that during the break, I mean, there's cement separating me and Scoots here. Scoots is just belting out every song from the, the Sweetheart Dinner commercial. Dude, that commercial is, I mean, it's incredible. Devil gonna try to it's, get it's incredible. me gonna that last, praise the Lord. That song gets me every time. I think you need to go every to the Sweetheart time. Dinner. And I want to see you there just like belting out, like, they're like, are you a big fan of this guy? Like, I, I'm a big fan of the commercial. I did get an invite I had to turn down. Did you really? Yeah. From who? Uh, we can keep that under. Oh, a potential sweetheart? I'll, I'll fill you in. A big ex sweetheart? No. Office not, romance? Not quite. Oh. Well, now I'm really curious. <laughs> now I'm really curious. People wanted me to give away some uh, some some insight on the schedule. I can't give away the schedule. It's, it's for you of other release. I will say this. We knew go we we already knew we were gonna play at Notre Dame on September twenty eighth. I like our chances to be unbeaten going into that game. Okay. I like the setup there. I like the setup of the Notre Dame game. Because I you know, I, I think that we're probably going to be preseason top twenty five. It seems like it based on these early rankings. Notre Dame was gonna have that early season hype because they always do. And I mean, teams are gonna start dropping. You'll have some big time matchups in the first couple of weeks. I can see us being fairly highly ranked and playing at Notre Dame, we should both be unbeaten. We should both be fairly highly ranked, and that'll be a nice little attention game and kind of a where are you early in the season. I'm excited about that. I do not like the the setup for the Clemson game. I'll say that too. But I think we're going to – I think the schedule will be out today at 5. If not today, then definitely tomorrow. But If they don't release it at 5, will, will you? Come hmm. on. Hmm. Come on. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We've been talking about Louisville – taking on Duke tonight. The other thing from last night that we didn't mention, Joel Embiid scored 70 points. Incredible. 24 of 41 from the field. That poor, I don't know who the guy is. I think it's the former governor of Pennsylvania who tweeted in like 2000, when did Embiid come out? Was that like 2011, 2012? Sounds right, yeah. He tweeted out like, happy to have Joel Embiid with the, on the team, but the Sixers are going to regret taking Doug, not taking Doug McDermott for years and years to come. And like everyone, whenever Joel Embiid does something, I see that poor guy just getting just just raked over the uh, over social media because it's a it's a bad tweet. It's one that you probably should have deleted like two years into it. But yeah. Joel Embiid seventy points last night. That's a wild wild thing. Uh, I saw what was the somebody was talking about how he what what he did. He broke Wilt Chamberlain's franchise record. Yep. Uh, he scored 68 points before his 100-point game came when he's a member of the Philadelphia Warriors. So Embiid now the only player um, in NBA history with 65 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists in a game besides Michael Jordan, which is not bad company to have. He might be the best player in the NBA again this year. Like He's, he's looking like it. Are you going to bring up the other scoring effort from last night, or are you going to ignore that? What was that? Wemby? Nope. Oh, you really don't know? No, what happened? Uh, Carl Anthony Towns dropped 62. I saw, didn't his team lose? He did. Yeah, they, they did lose. Because I saw that somebody was like kind of ripping on him. Where they, you know, they were like, cool, like he doesn't play any defense. This team sucks. Well, and the coach coach ripped him after the game. Yeah, he's like, we totally disrespected the game. I, I, did, I didn't know that he scored 62. Yeah, I he, saw he had a big game, but I saw his, the only highlight, the only like headline that I saw was his coach kind of being like, he sucks. He had 58 <laughs> in the third quarter. And what? Embiid was done already with his seventy, so he he could have passed Embiid in theory, Good which boy. would have been nuts. Could you imagine two guys scoring seventy in one night? He was ten of fifteen from three. Yeah, remember how Cal wouldn't like let him I shoot think, a ten footer? I think he started eight of nine. That's outrageous. 
That's outrageous. The other NBA thing that I saw today is Terry Rozier, the trade to the Miami Heat yeah. became official. Shout out to Terry. Um, there's a every time Terry comes up, there's a picture. We went to like a dirt, one of those like fancy derby parties because John Ramsey got us in back in the in the day. And there's a picture of like it was in the paper of like me, Terry, and my wife, sort of implying that we're all like family. Like it, it's just like they have like it's like Mary and T- Mary and Terry and Mike Rutherford all together, like sort of like in like the little caption. I'm like, yeah, we, we, there's a family resemblance there. So Terry's he's basically family. We love him, but uh, he's been traded to the Miami Heat today. For Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first round pick, good to see Terry going, getting out of Charlotte. I think that that's a a good move for him now, playing for a contender. Hopefully, he can. You know, the, the Heat kind of wanted Damian Lillard by all accounts, and then they, they don't get him. But Terry Rozier, a nice little complimentary player for him, and we'd love to see Terry back in the playoffs, making some making some big time moves because it was fun seeing him do that when he was with Boston. I did like um, th- there was an interaction. Uh, uh, I think back in December, after they played, after the two teams played, after the Heat and the Hornets played, where Bam Adebayo goes up to Terry and is like, you coming here in a few months? And Rozier's like, you think so? And he's like, yeah. And then so like, apparently the writing's been on the wall for a while. I don't know how the NBA works, but again, good move for him. He grew up being a, as, as a guy who was obsessed with Dwayne Wade, and so cool to see him play for the franchise that, that Wade pretty much made famous. Uh, 502-414-1450. We talked about the Duke game a little bit, just sort of in broader terms. If we want to get a little bit more into it, Duke, they're not a good matchup for Louisville. I mean, I think I'm stating the obvious here. There is no really good matchup for Louisville, but they're a team, again, they do not turn the ball over a lot, and they make a ton of threes. 25th in the country when it comes to three-point shooting percentage at 37.9%. They've made 10 or more threes in each of their last three games. They're 7th in the country in turnover percentage. They're 26th in the country in overall field goal percentage. Um, they, they don't get their shots blocked. The one thing that I will point to, and, and I promise we will keep analysis to a minimum today because I think everyone's like, dude, who cares, right? <laughs> but the one thing that, I, that, that leads me to believe that we can be competitive is two of their best players have been hurt. Jeremy Roach, the, the, hero, the hero of March a couple of years ago, their senior point guard missed Saturday's game against Pitt because of a knee injury. He's averaging a career-high 14.6 points per game and has scored 18 or more points in nine of Duke's last 11 games. And then Mark Mitchell, the sophomore forward, who's their third-leading scorer at 12.2 points per game, also missed Saturday's game with a knee injury. And there's been no update for either one of those guys. Like they, they very much played their injuries close to the vest. So as of me saying this, I, I have not heard anything about their status for tonight, but you would assume that even if they play – they're going to be a little bit banged up. And we look, we played a Miami team that had three of its best players playing hurt a little bit. We won that game. We'll see if, if maybe we can at least keep things respectable tonight uh, because Duke's banged up. But even without those guys, like they should have won the, the, the game against Pitt. They turned it over at a very high clip. Um, Pitt made a ton of threes. And Duke still has Kyle Filipowski, who's one of Huge. the front runners for ACC Player of the Year. He leads them in scoring at 18 points per game and, and rebounding at almost nine points per game. He's also third in assists. He's a really good, well-rounded player. He'll be a big, big challenge for Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who's done pretty well against some of the better big men in the ACC, at least offensively. But this may be his biggest challenge yet because if you can, you know, if the two other guys are hurt for Duke tonight, and you can sort of neutralize Kyle Filipowski or at least you know let him just not single-handedly go off, then you know, maybe you have a shot in this game. But if you, you know, if he's doing his thing. And some other guys are stepping up, then it's it's going to be tough for Louisville to to keep this thing competitive. I mean, Duke still has those uh, highly touted freshmen, Jerry McCain's come along recently, Caleb Foster, Tyrese Proctor, 
Um, there's talent all over this roster. There's a reason why they they were the number two team in the country in virtually every preseason poll. They've been a little bit of a disappointment so far, but I mean, we've been a massive. <laughs> we're still talking. We're still talking about a team that's 13th on Ken Palm and a team that's uh, that's barely in the top 200 on Ken Palm. So this is a mismatch on paper. Uh, the spread's 14 right now. I think I saw. I think I saw it at one point. It was like up to 16 and a half. I don't know if it's dropped because of the injuries, but but Louisville is a 14 point dog in this game. I don't know what we're going to see. The biggest question for me is is what the starting lineup's going to be. Like just from a from a purely uh, like just what are we doing here mentality. I want to know if if Kenny Payne's going to start Zan again. And oh. Mercy and Danilo. What if he does? Like starts all three of them. If he does, and if you're listening to this, Kenny, <laughs> if if the rumors are true that you're just everything you do is a direct reaction to the show and it's the most passive aggressive relationship that either one of us have ever been in. I want you to send a sign. If you start Zan, Hersey Miller, and Danilo Ivanovich tonight, that it's definitive. It's over. We know that you're trolling us. We know that this is all just like a big joke and you're making all this money. Like that'll be the, the giveaway. Not just one of them, not just two of them. But if you start all three tonight, then we know a, like once and for all that this is all just a big joke. That's what I want to know. That's what if he does it tonight. I want to see what happens. I mean, do you think that Zan Payne starts tonight? Because it's not like he just started him in the game against Wake Forest. He played him 17 minutes. He started him in both halves. It, it's so tough to say because, I mean, you you like to think that he's hearing the outside noise, right? So, surely he's heard some people make the comments about how he played 17 minutes, didn't have a single stat. So, I'd like to think he had from a foul. That, he had a foul. I'd like to think from that basis alone he wouldn't start him, but... Yeah, it's it's so hard to say because he's not doing things that normal coaches do. He's he's, he's not. I I listened to I happened to be in the car for part of the coaches show last night, which he did at the. It wasn't one of the the ones that uh, in public. It was one of the ones it was like a private show at the Kieber Center, just for the, the like the business sponsors. And they took some questions from you know again, it's not like people in the crowd that were uncensored. It was you know, they took questions that had been sent in beforehand. And one of the ones, the, the very first question they took, and the only one that I heard him give an answer to, was a really straightforward question. I was like, hmm, I'm kind of curious to hear his, his thoughts on this. It was like, what is your, uh, like, what's your coaching style? How, how would you describe your coaching style? And I was like, good. Like, uh, very open-ended. I want to hear how he answers this. And he starts off by saying, I'm very demanding. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's not what I've seen from afar, but maybe you are behind clothes. Who knows? And then he starts talking about how, like, this was his his dream situation to walk into because, you know, he, he loved it here. This place turned him into a man. He knows what the the the, you know, the the stature of the program is. He's seen it at its pinnacle. He knows where it's been before he was there. He knows where it's been at times after where he's been there. And he he wants to get it back. And he didn't think it was going to be this hard. And you're kind of like, all right, like this is it's kind of sad. And then he starts launching immediately into like all the excuses. He goes. He says, "People don't realize that everyone in the country was talking about us getting the death penalty when I took the job." And I'm like, "No, they weren't. No, no, nobody was saying this. There was one person nationally who was mentioning Louisville and death penalty in the same sentence, and it was Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated, who wrote a thing. When he wrote it, it was like 2018. It was like 20. It was when the FBI thing first broke. So I guess late 2017. And he wasn't saying, "Hey, I think that Louisville's going to get the death penalty." His whole column was, if anybody deserves to get the death penalty in college sports, I, I think it's Louisville. They're a repeat offender, all this stuff. 
he, I think he said explicitly in the column, like, I don't think the NCAA is ever going to give a death penalty again. But if anybody deserved it, like, I think it would be Louisville. Thanks for that horn out there. I mean, come, come on, people. Every the, day. The parking lot out there. Just Every single day. Use your words, please. Just <laughs> come on. You know, it doesn't happen in the morning. It really doesn't. So, nobody's saying, hey, I think that the Louisville Benz basketball program is going to get the death penalty. That was not happening. Like, he's just making up stuff. Now, maybe... What he's talking about is teams across the country or, you know, Nike people that are trying to recruit against Louisville or, or whatever. They're telling kids, hey, Louisville's going to get the death penalty. If that's the, the, the case, it's on you as a head coach to step up and say, like, that's, that's crap. There's absolutely no way. Now, maybe we get a postseason ban. Maybe we get some probation. Maybe we get whatever. But death penalty is, is, is that's absolutely not going to happen. That's just total fiction nobody is who's saying that is being honest with you. Like that's on your, that's your job as a head coach, but he's throwing that out there as an excuse for why he wasn't able to recruit. And he's like, you know, we didn't find out that we were in the career until November. That's not a lot of time. And, and all this stuff. And like, he's just going through, he's playing the hits again. And I'm like, God, like stop. Like, no, this, this doesn't work. I mean, like if he's talking about the Pat 40 story, it was written before Chris Mack even got there. And again, like Chris Mack, while it wasn't successful uh, up, uh, up to Louisville standards, and why I think at the end, like he had to go, he was getting guys. He wasn't using that as an excuse. Like we, we were getting the players that we were going after. We were getting the best transfers that were out there on the market. Like we were at least for the first two years winning games. It just makes like it's not a valid excuse. And and he just launches into that. I wish I could have heard the entire thing because I think Paul Rogers does a really good job with the coaches show. But like he was going back into it last night, and I was like, come on, man, like not not now, not not again. We can't do this. It, we shouldn't be doing this. But there is that. Um, so that's what we carry into tonight. That's the – I feel like the fan base, there was a little bit of – no. nobody swung back in the direction of, hey, like this may be okay. Like like he might get a third year. I think he deserves a third year after the the narrow loss to NC State, the win over Miami, and the closer than you thought 16-point loss to North Carolina, I guess. But anybody who was kind of willing to say, hey, at least they've turned a corner, at least they're, they, you know, they're, they're taking steps forward, at least it's better, it still is terrible, and I think we need to make a change, but it's still better. All of those people are firmly back on the, like, everything is miserable, this guy's the absolute worst, after the 25-point loss to Wake Forest. And that's where we, we are coming into tonight's game. And it's why I think the most interesting thing is, does he start Zan tonight? Like, I, I've got no idea. If he starts Zan, then you're right. Like, he, he just, he's not hearing it, he doesn't care, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And he's very much just kind of going out. You know, we had the texture yesterday calling Zan the human middle finger instead of the human victory cigar. He's he's very much going out with his middle fingers up. And that's something. They they did bring up a good point today on Spears. Maybe it's one of those situations, and I haven't thought about this yet, but it, it makes sense if you really think about it. Maybe it's one of those situations. You remember when John Calipari had Brad playing for him? And he would put him in the game sometimes, and then when he was asked about it, his answer would be, well, i got to go home to Ellen, and I need her to be happy. What if he's just putting him in so he goes home to a happy wife? Wouldn't that add up? Here's what I would say. Maybe, maybe she's just been all over him to start Zan, and he finally does it. And you know, he says, you know what? We get to the halfway point of the season. I'll start him the rest of the year. Here's what I'll say to that. One, Brad Calipari would beat Zan Payne in a one-on-one game. I think 11 to nothing. <laughs> no question. I mean, he because he ended up transferred to Detroit, like got meaningful minutes and put up decent numbers there. Like, like Brad can play a little bit. Like he's a he's not a guy who should have been playing at Kentucky, and he wouldn't have been there had his dad not been there. But he was like a, he's a legit like lower level Division One talent. Two, 
if it really is like the whole like eh, he wants to play, like he had three years to play, like to, to get him on the floor at Kentucky, and he never played at, at UK. Well, maybe he didn't have the say in that. He shouldn't have the say here. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. He's being paid <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. Like, there's a difference between like getting him in the game, which he's done consistently. He he appeared in 23 games last year, but he never played more than five minutes in a game. There's That's how it should be. There's a difference between getting him in the game if you feel like he's earned his right to, on the floor because of what he does behind closed doors and practice and, and this stuff. That's one thing. He started him and he played him 17 minutes against a good team in the middle of the season last week. If he does it, and, and he did nothing too. Like, like Again, he, he did nothing in the first uh, nine minutes on the floor in the first half to warrant being a starter in the second half. And when I say nothing, it's quite literally nothing. No stats besides a foul. So if he does it again tonight, I I just don't know what to make of that. Was the foul in the first half or second? The foul was in the first half. I okay. Believe. Yeah, he was, he was he was trying to make sure he got his name in there. <laughs> Wants to be in that box score. The, the the sad thing about this series now, this Louisville Duke series, is before the last three games, like Louisville was, like like Duke was the ACC power that Louisville was. I won't say having their way with, but that had gotten the better of, you know, since they joined the conference. You know, Duke was the the, the big dog when when Louisville got here. And Louisville, before their current three-game losing streak against Duke, they'd won three straight, and they had a uh, a five-four advantage against the Blue Devils since joining the ACC in 2014-15. You know the stat that we love to toss out there during Coach K's farewell season: Louisville, the only program that ever faced Mike Shashevsky more than ten times and had a winning record against him. Uh, the, the Cards were nine and eight against Coach K while he was here. Uh, unfortunately, the last time they played. Duke uh, avenged two regular season losses to the Cardinals and knocked them out of the ACC tournament in, in 2021. That was that uh, the, 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 the weird COVID year. And Wait, did I, Louisville win on Coach K's tour? Uh, n- no. When he was when they came here, that was the, well, the so that was that was 2022. Okay, so I'll take it back. Like they we only played one time that year, and they beat us at home. Yeah, because I was at the that East I was at that game, yeah, and I we, don't remember y'all winning. We lost by nine. So yeah, they beat us in the conference tournament the year before, and then in Coach K's last game against us, they beat us 74-65. Me and Roush were three sheets to the win, mm-hmm. yelling at the refs. It's the only way to. It's a good time. Who are you cheering for? Um, I feel like UK like UK fans want to see Louisville beat Duke tonight. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I would say that they were probably rooting for Louisville. Yeah. I mean, it's Coach K for God's sake, you know. But, but I was just there to enjoy this, the, the game. We were already dead, so you know it was <laughs> it was easy to root for us then. I think it's easy to root for us tonight. But you know, we had had some nice back and forth there the first few years in the conference, and then of course we had the game before we joined the conference in the Elite Eight in in 2013 on the way to the national title, where you know, Louisville blows out Duke in the second half, 85-63, better known as the Kevin Ware game. Uh, Scoots, do you remember the, the the Kevin Ware game? I don't know if you were what you were up to at that point. In your life. I remember the injury. I don't remember any specifics about the game. I remember seeing that injury one time, and I was like, "Yeah, if I could never see that again, that it'd, it'd be too soon." I feel like most people it was so gross. Like, like most people now, ten years after the fact, remember Kevin Ware, but like you, they don't remember the specifics of the game. I mean, I was there. I I went with the, we all went together, but a buddy of mine who worked for AT and T at the time. I got really good tickets, really good like corporate tickets, like midcourt, and he took me. So it was like, like we had a very good view of the injury, and it's still one of the damnedest things. I mean, I've ever experienced because it was so. You know, it's so rare now. It's giving me chills. Thinking I know about but, it, and it's so rare that you ever like see something that you've never seen before, or something that that's that's so out of the ordinary. Like mm-hmm. if you've been to a sporting event, you've seen kind of bad injuries and scary injuries and, and stuff like that. But like, it happened. 
you, you know, I can't remember the player that, he, that, that Ware was contesting the three on. But the, the Duke player hits the three, and I think it cuts our lead to one. And I remember the first thing I saw is our entire bench like like does has this like weird reaction, and I thought I, I thought that like something funny had happened, and they're, 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 they're like joking about it. I'm like I get that we're a loose team, but come on guys, it's, it's the elite eight. It's a it's a one point game in the first half. What are we doing? And then I I look back on the floor and I see like Shane Bahannon and, and, and Russ Smith like crumpled like like hands and head. And then I look over at Kevin Ware, and by this point, like, like Vinny Tatum's running out there with a towel to put over him, and I see him for like two seconds, and I, I see like the leg, and I I look over my buddy, and I was like, I I think I saw his bone sticking. Like, like I was like I was like I, I think I was like it can't be, but like I think I saw his bone, and you know you know then we're we're in the the arena, we have so little access, we don't really know what's going on. It ta- it's taking you know, so long, it's such a, a long delay, and they're getting him out, and then. By that time, you start like pulling up Twitter, and you start seeing the image circulating of the injury oh. and all that stuff. And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it, it's so. But like, like when you're in there, you're in this weird mix where you're, you're thinking about him and you're thinking about how bad the injury is, but you're also still focused on the game. I, I don't think I had any sense of just how big of a deal it had become nationally, because like you know, once the game restarts and you're in the building, like you're thinking about the game, like like you're like you know, we got to find a way to win this. We're, we're trying to win a national title, and then you leave, and like yeah, I remember we walked to a bar to watch the end of the. The, the women's game against Baylor when they knocked off Brittany Griner in that crazy game. And like, I, I'm just seeing on social media, like how much Kevin Ware is dominating the news. And I remember the next day for work, I just posted like a, you know, like a, a video, a highlight video from the game that had Kevin, Kevin Ware's name in it. It was like video Kevin Ware in the title. And it got like 2.8 like million views for the website. I mean, like I think we like tripled our biggest month in like three hours. But the injury wasn't in there. No, like it was like it was like it was like a Kevin Ware like tribute video or something that we just like put on the on the website. And like everyone's searching Kevin Ware video, Kevin Ware video. And so like you know this it, like, it was the, the my first realization of just how big of a deal this was. And, and then imagine it, how many people you pissed off hoping to see the yeah, injury. That, that's they, what it was. They were watching a well, tribute there, video. There were plenty of other places to go. <laughs> but, I mean, like, that week, anytime you wrote anything about Kevin Ware, it was just like a page views bonanza. You know, you like he, like, he did the top ten on David Letterman. You put that up there. Like, people were just eating up anything Kevin Ware. But in the moment, like, I remember I walked out, and I think I tweeted I, I tweeted after the, 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 the women had beat Baylor. Like, what a great day for Louisville basketball. And you have like all these people are like, except for Kevin Ware, like, like going crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's a big deal, but still, you know, we we went to we're going to the Elite Eight in the final, and in both men's and women's, like that's a that, that's a cool thing. But I guess I hadn't realized just how much like he had captivated the American public. Like he became much much bigger than Louisville knocking off Duke and going to the Final Four. It was a it was a very surreal day and a surreal experience. Oh, thanks for making me relive that. Well, we won the game. It was it was very cool to to win the game by 22 points and to you know Coach K gave the uh, they boom you quote afterward that Louisville fans wait so when he went down you were nervous and thinking you've got to find a way to win this and y'all won by 22 yeah, when he went down we were up by like one I mean we oh had, really we were all I think we were losing at halftime or only up by like one it was a very close game and then we hmm. blew him out in the second half we made a huge run I uh, got to take a break when we come back four o'clock hour we'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton stacks line 502-414-1450 is the place to text your thoughts in we'll talk to you next here on the Mike Rutherford Joe on 1450 the big end
I know I know this song. Who is this? Bon Jovi and Jennifer Nettles. Okay. I know I know this song, but it's one of those like sounds familiar, but I can't get a sense of where the lyrics There you go. It's okay, I'm, I'm waiting for the hook. Still not ringing the bell. Oddly familiar, but not at the same time. <laughs> it's the, uh, the second hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on a game day Tuesday. Cars and Blue Devils. Here you go. There Says you, go. you can't go home. There That's you go. right. No, yeah. You there we go. Man, that's all it took. We just had to get there, right? Uh, cards taking on Duke tonight at 7 o'clock inside the KFC Yum Center. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip off on ACC Network. Reese Davis is on the play by play call. We'll have all the action for you on our sister station, 970 WGTK. I believe the pregame coverage over there will kick off at 5 30. Uh, it's all going down tonight. Kentucky's also in action tonight as well. I think. They are. Uh, who, who do they play? Uh, at South Carolina. Okay, well, that'll be... 7 o'clock as well. Could be a little bit interesting. Uh, Gamecocks, I don't think great team, but, uh, you know, Kentucky's been a little bit susceptible away from home in, in South Carolina. Gaudy record. They've got uh, Lamont Paris, good head coach Correct. so far. I think, There's like, only one thing on Kentucky's fans' minds, though, tonight. WWE Raw moving to Netflix? Huh? Raw moving to Netflix? That that happened, yeah. <laughs> but that's not what's on Kentucky that's fans' minds. Mind. No. They're, I mean... I feel like I just get a sense of the only thing they're thinking about is how does Big Z back up what he did the other night? I'm curious to see. Honestly, the two most intriguing things about the two local games tonight are how the Big Z's fare. <laughs> Do we start our Big Z, and does Big Z for UK live up to the, the, the standard that he set in his first first game as a Wildcat? Those are the two big question marks tonight. The two Big Z's. By the way, we got some drama as Purdue called Zach Eady Big Z. Uh-oh. Yeah. I've never heard them call him Big Z. Exactly. Before. Yeah. But now they, they rolled it out. This is, trying yeah. to steal the spotlight. This is very much a Costanza thing. <laughs> call me T-Bone. Coco the Circus Monkey. Like, that's uh, that's your new nickname. Uh, yeah, you can't you, you can't just make up a nickname. You can't, yeah. you can't just start saying Nobody's it. ever heard him called that. I've never heard Zach Eady called Big Z, and he's played college basketball for 17 years. <laughs> it's never happened once. Raleigh's moving to Netflix, though. That's big news in the uh, is, yeah. in, in you know the, the, the Trevor Kelsey world. The, that edition of the show, he'd be talking about it for two hours. It's the I didn't realize Raw was the longest running cable program. Really? Now it's moving to Netflix as Netflix tries to make a foray into live programming. Man, it, hope it's better than their golf event they put on. It was. I heard that was terrible. Oh, it was awful. I mean, it was entertaining, but it was not very well ran. I mean, we've got uh, we we have the. Um, uh, our, our fantasy golf league is kicking off this week. I'm very excited about it. The farmers insurance is going down this weekend. We got to make our pick tonight. The amateur dropped out. Nick Dunlap. I'm so mad. Yeah, that was a cool thing. Did you see the video of his uh, his Alabama teammates going nuts when he made the, no. uh, the tournament winning? Putt? No, I it was that. pretty cool. Like that is why he's the what the first amateur to win on the PGA Tour since 1991 yep. or something. That was yep. a, a while. Now he he already had qualified to play in the. Masters, the the, the 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 three mate the Masters, the Open, and the the U.S. Open mm-hmm. because he won the U.S. Amateur last year, and because he won on tour already, he now qualified for the PGA Championship at Valhalla in in May. So he'll be in Louisville in a couple months, so that'll be cool. But that was a, a very cool thing last week. He almost blew it on the last he hole, did. but but uh, saved himself there. It's not twenty nine hundred two. It's not like he just kind of fluked into it. There's a lot of birdies on that course. A lot of birdies on that course. But uh, yeah, we we got to make our pick. I'm leaning towards Eric Cole. Who? Eric Cole. Eric Why? He's like because he's a beast. He's an up and comer. Come on, Scoots. He's a beast, Mike. I follow golf almost religiously, and I've never heard. If of If you Eric follow Cole. golf religiously and you don't know who Eric Cole is, then you don't follow golf. I've never, never heard of that guy in my life. I mean, he's I think like the sixth 
betting choice in the tournament. What? Yeah. I got to pull up these odds. Eric Cole, well, he's, he's, he's I mean, has 10. he been on the Corn Ferry Tour or what? No, he's been on the tour. Eric Cole is a, like, legit professional golfer. He's 35 years old. I feel like I know every golfer, and I don't know If you don't know don't Eric know Cole, him. I mean, Eric Cole has been on a tour since 2009. Are you sure you're not thinking of another tournament? Because he is, he is nowhere near the top on my list. He's 10th in the, oh, okay. uh, the odds right here. Eric Cole. 35, 35 to 1? Yeah. He played at Nova Southeastern University. I, I, if I were you, I'd go with Aberg. Well, the thing is, you, I, oh, I took Ludwig in the uh, the, the Kapalua, and he, he's crap. He's going to be awesome this year. My, I've got a buddy who's obsessed with him, and I just, I, I now hate him just because of that. But or or Thigala, Thigala's been playing well. I like Sahith a lot. The thing about this league, though, is you you pick one golfer per week, and then you can't use them the rest of the year. So you got to be strategic about mm. it. So you want to try to get a guy who's like, you know, not going to get taken a lot, and they're weekly prizes, and then there's a end of the season prize. So we took Max Homa last year in the first tournament. He won, and it was a great start. It was the first time we actually had won, and so we're trying to repeat that early success this year. I'm I'm, I'm liking Eric Cole. Good luck to you. I'm liking Eric Cole, but I, we're gonna make our we're gonna parlay. We're gonna make our pick together. We're gonna I mean, powwow I, tonight. I can't imagine there'll be another time to pick him because he won't be in the tournament. So better he, better pick him this he's week. Already qualified for the Masters. <laughs> I, you should know who Eric Cole is. I've, I've never heard of him. He's a good golfer. Uh, 502-414-1450. Oh, my God. It's the Thornton Sex Line. Did not think that we would have this many texts on a Tuesday. But here we go. 502-414-1450. Uh, let's hop to it. It's your show. Texas says, Mike, what are your parlay picks for the Duke game tonight? Who's going over on the threes? That's what I want to know, too, Texter. I mean, I guess. I'm we, waiting on pins and needles here. Should we just drop? I mean, I feel like this is what we say for, like, the last hour. But I feel like we can get into it now if we want to. I mean, somebody's making a ton of threes tonight because it's it, it's Duke. They take a bunch of threes. And, um, do, I mean, do you – I need somebody to pull up the player props. Can you do okay. that on your phone real quick? I can, yeah. Okay. One moment. I mean, because my, you know, I don't know if Roach is going to play. My initial thought is Jared McCain's been playing more because Roach has been out the, you know, he was out the last game, and he takes a bunch of threes when he's in there. I think that he's he's a streaky guy. I mean, if it's Jared McCain, is it, see if it's one and a half or two and a half. Jared McCain is two and a half. Threes? It's, it's plus money. I'm, st- I, I'm still going with that. Okay. He made three of eight in the game against Pitt. He made I mean, that's the only time he's made more than two in the last five games. But before then, he went on a run where he made, let's see, from de- from December 9th through January second, he went four threes, four threes, three threes, three threes, three threes, and Lord knows that we don't defend the three any better than any of those teams that he did that against. Um, Roach playing tonight, if it happens, may cut into those shot attempts, but he'll still get off like five or six or seven against us, and I. Fully expect him to knock down three. I would take Jeremy Kane over. You've got Kyle Filipowski with one and a half. Um, I mean, if he wants to, <laughs> does he want to score inside or does he want to score outside? It's kind of buyer's choice here. Ooh, Filipowski red hot from three of the last three games. Three of six against Pitt, four of five against Georgia Tech, four of four against Pitt before that. They're, they played two games in Pitt the last two weeks. Um, one and a half looks juicy there. Okay, and then you've got the last – Three prop they got for Duke is Tyrese Proctor, one and a half. I mean, I like Filipowski more than I like the McCain bet. I'm taking – I think he makes at least two. Um, Tyrese Proctor. Let's see what he's done recently. He, the Sydney native. Um, he's taken I – mean, he shoots a decent amount. He has recently. Uh, the last three games he's taken five or more. I don't know. I'm not crazy about this bet. There's a lot of games where he's only taken two or three. Some games where he's only taken one. Um, he was two or seven against Pitt, but that was more out of necessity. The thing was against Pitt is they were playing from behind for so much of that game. They ain't gonna be playing from behind tonight, so I don't know. Um, 
I like McCain. I like Filipowski over one and a half the most. I like McCain second most, and I like Proctor the third most. I like all of them over. If you're asking me now, I might just take all three of those guys together and parlay it. But uh, I would take Filipowski before I took McCain. I'd take McCain before I took Proctor. Who plays well for Louisville tonight? Um, I mean, Duke. Duke's not like Wake in that they won't deny the three. Like Pitt made a bunch of outside shots against them. Wake's big thing is they don't want you to even attempt threes. Um, Duke is – they're not great when it comes to three-point attempts per field goal attempt. So I think we'll take a decent amount of outside shots. I feel like this could be a Sky Clark game, especially if Roach is, 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 is limited or not playing at all. Um, Huntley Hatfield I think may have – I think he'll do his thing. He'll, he'll be in that sort of 10 to 14-point range. He's at 19.5 for points, rebounds, assists. Huntley Hatfield. Eh, that, that feels about right. I can see him going over that. I, I think he'll – I can see this being like a 12.7 rebound game. Sky Clark's only at 17 and a half in that. Same thing with Trey White. Both of those. I might look at Sky Clark. I would look at Sky Clark before I look at Trey White. I know he's played better the last few games, but hell, Mm -hmm. he he still didn't start last. Or he did did start last game. Um, It was Tyler who didn't start. Uh, I think this could be a Sky Clark game. I think he'll step up. I think he'll play play well for us tonight. I like it. Or well enough. There you go. That's my my player prop suggestions. Texture says... Uh, is Chris the Plumber choosing the coaching candidate today for his birthday? I bet he picks 45. <laughs> um, or 47, I guess, would be the, probably Chris the Plumber's new pick. He, he he wanted his age, and I think he's 37. Should we do that now? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll let Chris the Plumber do our coaching candidate of the day. Uh, we use the, let's go with the net rankings today. Um, ooh. Okay. Okay. There were actually, so I did a little bit of sleuthing. A couple of years ago. Great word. Yeah, a little bit of sleuthing. When, maybe this was last year. I, don't, I, I, I can't remember exactly when it was. But Josh Heard, when he was making public comments about hiring coaches, I think it was two years ago, he was discussing, you know, the timing has to be right. It has to be somebody that can appeal to the fan base at that point in time. And he made some sort of reference to, there could be a coach out there that could check all of my boxes. I, I, I can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this guy's going to be a superstar in coaching, but he's like 9 and 10 right now at a lower-level program, and I, I I can't hire a guy like that. And so I looked into it. I was like, hmm, who could he be talking about? And maybe it was just a coincidence. But at that point in time, Kyle Neptune was at Fordham. He was in his first year as a head coach and was 9 and 10. For the Fordham Rams. Kyle Neptune, of course, was a the assistant under Jay Wright at Villanova for a long time and was there while Josh Hurt was at Villanova. Kyle Neptune since has gotten the head coaching job at Villanova and has, you know, had mixed results. 17 and 17 last year. They didn't make any sort of postseason tournament. They are eleven and seven right now overall, four and three in the Big East, coming off of back to back losses, including a soul crushing 66-65 loss to UConn on Saturday. So Kyle Neptune, though, they're not thrilled with him in, 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 in Philadelphia. They might be thrilled with him at the University of Louisville. Come on. There's palpable buzz that there's mutual interest between Kyle Neptune and Josh Hurd. You've seen it. You've heard it here, folks, first. You've seen it for years now. Kyle Neptune, put him on the list. He is your coaching candidate of the day. We're now up to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 candidates for this job. That's it? 13 candidates for this job. We'll have more hop in. We will. Every single day. <laughs> we'll have a new one. That's your coaching. That, that's for you, Chris the Plumber. Coaching candidate of the day, 37.
Texas says, Mike, can you please go on an actual rant so that we can see how different it is for your from your animated soliloquies? <laughs> I don't rant. I've never ranted. I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how to start ranting. Do you see the <laughs> shout out to uh, my girl Rita on Twitter, who she responded to something I said the other day and was like, "Does anyone even listen to Mike Rantaford?" And I was like, "Damn it, that's good. <laughs> well done, Rita. You got me again." Texter says. On yesterday's show, Scoot stole my Danilo Gallinari joke. Here is the screenshot from my text in May. I demand an apology now. In May, this person texted in, Since Kenny Payne used to be a Knicks assistant, do you think he confused Danilo Yovanovich for Danilo Gallinari and thought he was signing the latter instead? Hmm. That's interesting. But the one caveat about that text is it was sent in on on Friday, May 26th. I would have never saw that. So, it's just a weird coincidence. Great minds think alike, Texter. Average minds think alike, too. That's just what, very true. Texter says, I can't say that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Texter says, if Kentucky can free Big Z, can KP cancel the games tonight and host the benefit concert to free another big man we all know and love? Texter says, <laughs> good lord. Now I assume... Now I assume uh, he will be let go at the end of the season, but if Kenny Payne is not fired at the end of the season, I would legitimately support a protest and picket line in front of the Yum Center or Josh Hurd's office demanding that he be fired. I've already said I can't do this for another year. If I mean, Kenny Payne is going to cost me my media career if he gets a third year. I just, I'll, I'll quit. I can't do it. I, I, can't, I can't do this. I, I would, would you still do the website? Yeah, I just would. Or I would, would you choose, give that up to. I think I'll do the radio show. I just won't talk about basketball. I'll refuse to. And if they want to fire me for not talking basketball in a heavy basketball market, I'll be like, I, I can't do it. Don't blame me for it. I can't do another year of this. Can't do it. Won't do it. Refuse to do it. Unless like there's some some firm signs out there that things might be different. Unless we can at least hope. And don't give me like the you know Sky Clark got better or whoever got better and you know just. You know, Texas says, Mike, one thing about KP playing Zan so much with zero productivity is it does show what KP can do with enough time. Presumably, Kenny has been coaching Zan for his entire life, and this is the finished product after 23 years. If KP were a capable coach, shouldn't Zan be a prime example of that? I know I'm <laughs> preaching to the choir, but I can't help torture myself with these questions. I don't know if that's legitimate or not, it's a great but it's text. a fantastic text. <laughs> great text. This is what Louisville basketball would look like after 23 years under Kenny Payne. Not a whole lot of progress. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Texas is love on the spectrum of doc. Ah, come on. I can't read that. Texas, if Harbaugh does take the Chargers job, how funny would it be if Stoops got poached by Michigan? I mean, it would be funny, but like. Michigan wouldn't hire him. Well, I don't think they would hire Stoops, but I, I think I can say this. I, I, I mean, I've heard. A lot of people are talking about if Harbaugh does go to the Chargers and he had a second interview today. Like, there's some serious, significant buzz out there that a different Kentucky coach might be targeted by Michigan. And I'm talking, of course, about the big, the big dog, dog, Vince Marrow. He may not be the number one candidate, might not be the number one candidate for the job, but he's definitely at the top of the list. I couldn't even, I almost did it. I, I, my <laughs> voice cracked a little bit at the end. I could, I, I felt like I was so close to delivering it with a straight face. Uh, but don't be surprised if Michigan at least goes after Vince Merrill and has a conversation with him. Kentucky's going to have to ante up if they want to keep him, keep him around to keep that recruiting net over the state of Kentucky. You don't want you don't lose the big dog to Michigan. Texas says uh, instead of talking about Kentucky today's Duke Louisville game, 
Let's talk about the 2013 or 2019 uh, 2000 game in depth. We we just we talked about the 2013 game. We can get to the 2019 2020 game. Either one of them. They were both great. I mean, I vividly remember it was um, the 2020 game when David Johnson went off and and you know they were number three in the country. We were number eleven in the country. I watched the highlights today actually, yeah, because I put it on the the preview post on Car Chronicle. Like we had the game that night. It was the college game day game of the night, and then the next day was uh, Virginia's baptism. She was still very very young, and, and so it was the uh, I can put it on Instagram. I was like, we got the win, and then we got uh, we got freed from sin. Classic Louisville, <laughs> classic Louisville weekend. Got the win, got freed from sin. We're feeling good. Texture says. Mike and Scoots, do you think that if Andre McGee was never hired as an assistant basketball coach at UofL, that the Mike Rutherford show would still have all of its original members? Uh, it goes all the way to the top. I blame Sebastian Telfair for everything that you're talking about. If Telfair... That's taken it way back. But, I mean, it, what year was that? It's true. I was 2001? No, no, no. It was uh, 2003 was when oh, okay. we, we initially got him committed, and then he was supposed to be here for, in... in uh, 2004, 2005. Wasn't he on like the front page of ESPN magazine as like the next best thing? He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm thinking. Cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, doing like a, on a trampoline in front of Brooklyn in his little Lincoln High jersey. He, he, I think he admitted he went on that, the, the, the podcast with, um, that Mace does with, um, oh God, who's the other, that he, the other rapper that uh, was a really good high school basketball player. Um, uh, now I'm, I'm completely blanking. Jack Harlow went on there a few words. Uh, Cameron. Mason Cameron have a podcast called uh, It Is What It Is. And he went on there last week and was basically said, like, I never had any intention of ever going to Louisville. Like, I knew the entire time I was going to the NBA, which we've always assumed. But that documentary, the Through the Fire documentary, he kind of, he's playing it up as though he's going to Louisville, even when everyone's saying that he's going to go to the NBA. And he led Rick Pitino on. And so because he led Rick Pitino on, Patino did not end up recruiting Rajon Rondo, prioritized Telfair, thought he could be his like Jamal Mashburn. We lose Rondo to Kentucky. By the time we like were like, hey, we'd love to have you, Rajon. He's like, no, yeah, I'm not playing second fiddle to anybody. I'm gonna go to UK. Because of that, Patino needs a point guard for the future. And his next recruiting class, without getting a point guard in 2004, he goes out to California and targets a young na- young man by the name of Andre McGee. If we had just gotten Telfair or ignored Telfair because we knew he was going pro and gotten Rondo. We never would have had Andre McGee. It would have been somebody else's problem. This whole thing started with bleeping Sebastian Telfair. Mm. All the way to the top. It's a tough look. He ruined Louisville basketball. Texas Scoots knowing, Opp- uh, knowing about Oppenheimer but saying he's heard of, he's never heard of Cillian Murphy is hilarious. I'm guessing Cillian Murphy's in Oppenheimer. He's the star. I mean, I haven't watched Oppenheimer. Never will. Did you ever watch, um, what was the like the zombie apocalypse movie that Cillian Murphy like kind of got 28 days later? He was like the star of that. That's no. first, he was in Batman Begins. Not a big zombie guy. He was in Inception. Nope. Dunkirk. I've never seen any of those. You really don't watch movies. I, I don't. I used to. I mean, I don't now because the kids just take away my like entire life pretty much. But like, I, I used to watch movies. I, lo- I love 28 Days Later when it, when it first came out. The crazy thing about that one was the zombies ran. It was very off-putting. It was very you upsetting. know what's funny is the movies I do watch probably cl- closer resemble the movies your daughter watches. Just I'm a big animated guy. Big Disney guy? Yeah. I like I like Disney movies, yeah. What have you watched recently? You seen Encanto? Uh I saw Encanto Encanto's probably delightful. Probably a month and a half ago. I was I was helping my, one of my buddies babysit his kids and yeah, we watched it. Isn't the music fantastic? It is. It is, yeah. 
Pressure like a drip, drip, drip. That'll <laughs> never stop. Whoa. Encanto's awesome. Moana's awesome. I love Moana. Moana's great. I love watching Moana. The Frozens are very good. Um, yeah, we, we, I think we watched Frozen 2 at our house today. Or it was on upstairs when I was leaving. Have you seen the, um, probably not, but have you watched that animated movie with Adam Sandler? I with, can't think of the name of it. Where they're, Nights? No, where they're, the, they're like classroom pets. And he realizes he's only got a few years to live, so he wants to try to make the most of it and try to escape, and it's awesome. I've not. No, I don't think I've ever heard I, of I, it. I think of the name of it. I'll let you know. Leo? Yeah, Leo. There you go. No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Great I, movie. I've never, I've never heard of it. Great movie. Texture says, I don't 100% agree with the younger generation possibly losing interest in the sports industry. I think the sports gambling industry will only make the attention around sports larger. Bigger TV contracts and more money due to more eyes always watching. That's a good point. Kids yeah. like money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we teach eighteen-year-olds how to to you know lose everything that they've made for them summer their summer jobs pretty quickly. That'll be great. Well, I mean, the fact that they have that option is pretty cool. It is crazy how much already because it's been predicted for a long time that sports media coverage was going to to skew dramatically towards gambling elements in the future. With you know, every, every state eventually is going to wind up legalizing sports gambling, and it's already happened so much. Case oh, in yeah. point, like I was looking for a standard preview. For Louisville Duke last night to kind of just like like find a couple of, of nuggets on for the, for the game to put on the website, and every single preview out there on Google News, if you search, is just like the, the like the the generic like odds predictions like best lines, and it's all just gambling notes. It's all just like Louisville is nine and eight against the spread so far this season as an under, like all this stuff, and you can't get any sort of standard written preview like you used to get you know, five ten years ago where they were every preview was kind of the exact same. It's all just generic AI contrived like gambling previews i mean when i do spears show that's a, we talk a lot of gambling on there i think it's i mean i think that that's the way we're, I mean, that's where we're going mm-hmm. it's all going to be gambling stuff pretty soon uh, i mean i saw what the you mean the sports illustrated news came out last week now you had was the la times laid off a ton of people including their sports department today it's just a, it's gambling's going to be the way of the future Texas, I forgot to mention, uh, Texas, i've turned down two sets of lower bowl tickets for the game tonight words that i never thought i would say i forgot to mention the tickets were free <laughs> I mean, it, it's nuts. If you think back to, you know, even in the 2016 year where we we had banned ourselves from the postseason, you know, we played Duke not long after that. It was the Grayson Allen game where he and Donovan Mitchell got into it. They kind of had a little slap fest. Like, that game was like, was a hot ticket. That game had, like, 21,000 people in attendance. Like, Duke was always going to, like, it, it's insane to me to, to even hearing to hear stories like that where people are, are just – openly turning down free tickets to this game. And then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, if, if somebody offered me free tickets right now in the lower bowl, like I'd probably have to be like, no, you know, and I can't can't move stuff around. Got to get home. I mean, it's raining out for crying out loud. It's raining. It's, it's Tuesday. They're going to lose by 20. You know, who it just this is where we are. This is why this can't continue. This is why I'm not saying that it's just, uh, you know, if Kenny Payne can get it right next year, then, then by all means, I'd love to have a third year of Kenny Payne. I don't think he can. You've got to bring in somebody who next year – we're at least talking about excitement surrounding these games for some reason. Whether it's, hey, they're really good. Who thought we could be like top 15 in the country in a year? Or, hey, they're at least flirting with maybe having a shot at going to the NCAA tournament. Or it's, hey, they're at least playing their asses off and we can see where this is going to go and this is worthy of our support. One of those three things has to be the case a year from now. Because we can't do a third straight year of just nobody caring in late January. With we just it's not a sustainable model obviously i mean we were talking yesterday it was the two year anniversary of the 
the Russ Smith retirement game, which kind of started like the era of apathy, I feel like. Like that that game, the fan base was already a little bit on edge, but there was some hope that they could still be a decent team. We started 4-0 in the ACC. They hadn't been very good since Chris Mack uh, came back from his suspension. And they looked listless in that game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame, you know, in a site that it would become all too familiar in the two years that have happened since, just rains a bunch of uncontested threes. They win the game. Mack gets booed. Malik Williams gives the postgame quote. And that was like, that was kind of the last gasp. Like After that, we lose 15 of our last 18 games that season. The team played hard in most of those games. I think the fans were still trying to get behind Mike Begeese and trying to have some fun, but it was really hard to do. And then these last two years have been just embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss and and none of these games at this point in the season have felt like they've mattered but it's just it's been it's been too, it felt like we've never like since covid we've never gotten back to nothing's been normal and i'm i'm i think we're all just dying for normalcy yeah, at least it's only since covid not 911 like indiana yeah but i mean indiana is like <laughs> you've had seasons where you've been in the mix yeah. at this point no, in the you're league. right like we're not even in the conversation yeah. it, it, it's it is different. Are you ready for like a totally outlandish comparison that I think is is genuine but sounds outrageous? It's it's like when you if you lose somebody close to you and, and you're kind of, you're you're mourning them for a while and at first you have the pictures and, and you're going back and like everything is still fresh and it's it's very very sad and as time goes on, goes on you get sad because you start to forget things like you start to forget the way oh, I forget the way that they smelled or I forget the way that they talked I, I can't see their face without looking at pictures. That's kind of how I feel watching Louisville basketball. Like, I've forgotten what it feels like to watch competent Louisville basketball and feel the emotions that I had felt my entire life. And it's sad as hell. Like, you know, you, you watch, like, Louisville fight back against North Carolina a little bit on the road, and you're like, this is this is pretty good. This, I think this is good. And then you're, you're seeing that we lost by 16, and you're remembering, like, any loss by 16 to anybody back in the day was just caused to be depressed for the rest of the week like, oh, yeah. like, or to be angry for the rest of the week. Like, Louisville doesn't lose games by 16 points, and when they do, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. We had a streak of like six years under Patino. We didn't lose a game by double digits. We had the longest active streak in America. Um, and, you know, we just we, we didn't get beaten like that. And then we're sitting here talking about, like, this is actually a pretty good game for Louisville right now. This is a lot better than what we've seen in the past. And it's just like, I, I think... We've forgotten what Louisville basketball is supposed to look like. It's been that long, and it's it's sad as hell. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, more from you guys on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I did not expect the text line to be that jumping today. I thought, you know, maybe people are excited for the Duke game, or they're just ready to ride about I something. I just don't know if you have slow days on the text line. We've it's, had a it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, I appreciate that. It, it, it's the scoots effect. That's what we'll call it. 502-414-1450. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More from you guys here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 96. one. The guts.
Welcome back in. Tuesday edition of Mike Rutherford Show. 1450. 961. Big X. You want it? You want it? Yeah, yeah. we waited long enough. Numbers are in for the TV ratings from the NFL over the weekend. The I was trying to explain. We were, we were talking about it at uh, we had like a birthday lunch for my wife's family side of the family. Like they like all of them have birthdays in January, including her. So like it's very much like we, we celebrated like three of their birthdays. We went out and we we're talking about various stuff, and it was the Lions were playing later that day, and you know we we're talking about how like growing up, like, NFL wasn't as big of a deal here because there's no team. Uh, like I, I wasn't as big about the NFL as what was about college sports growing up and they weren't either. And, but like how much of a, a behemoth it is nationally. And we talked about the, you know, the stat that's out there, like 90, whatever, three of like the 100 most watched programs of 2023 were all football games. And I think like 78 of those were NFL games. It's like the NFL is King when it comes to um, TV ratings in this day and age, the ratings for last weekend. How about this? Lions Buccaneers. 49.1 million people wow. watched the final minutes of the Lions win over Tampa Bay. It was the most watched NFL divisional game on NBC in 30 years. So Very impressive. I mean, Lions effect? I, I don't know what the – I'm assuming the ratings for Chiefs-Bills, as you might expect, even bigger. 50.4 million viewers on CBS, which made it the most watched NFL divisional playoff game ever. Hmm. The ratings were up 10% versus last year. It was the best playoff numbers for any playoff game besides the Super Bowl since the uh, 2017 Cowboys-Packers game. So Wait, hold on. 50.4 million, that was the most watched ever, and what were the Lions? Most 40.9. Oh, 40 point. Okay. I was well, thinking uh, 49. 49.1 was the peak. The average was 40.9. So do they go by the average or the peak? The, well, this the Chiefs Bills are going by the average. They averaged fifty point four million viewers. I'm Jeez. assuming the peak was you know late in the game was probably uh, the was even more than that. Um, like fifty six point seven million was the peak. My goodness, That's a lot of people watching Taylor Swift on national TV, <laughs> watching Jason Kelsey switch the I, which I like, the Kelsey's kind of a I, I, they still do kind of annoy me. Do they? A little bit, like I love him. Travis kind of annoyed me last year, like when he's doing the whole, like you know, I think he's kind of corny. But they're, they're some of the clips from their podcast. I never listen to it, but I see when the clips get shared are definitely entertaining. Jason Kelsey, I thought was hilarious too, doing the the He Man thing and the Chiefs uh, in the box of the game. But they were, I guess, they had their dad on recently, and he revealed that their name is supposed to be pronounced Kels, like no, the family name. Stop it. And somebody, like, there's a clip of a Chiefs player on the sidelines being like, we've been saying it wrong. He's like, it's Kels. It's Kels. And so Jason and, and Travis are talking, are interviewing him. They're like, well, why did you change it? And he was like, people just calling me, just kept calling me Kelsey my entire life. And at some point, I just got tired of correcting them. So I just started going by Kelsey. So technically, their last name is uh, supposed to be pronounced Kels. That's horrible. It's funny. It's very funny. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. God, give me more text about the NFL. Just, just <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but, but just give me more NFL text. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll get to as many texts as we can here today. Texture says, here's my 65% reliable scoop. That's great. Junior and Houston have both locked arms around KP and have threatened to completely pull support if KP is not given a third year. If you are Josh, do you threaten resignation if you are not allowed to do your job? I would worry if he brings him back. The KP era falls fully on his shoulders, even if that isn't the full story. I mean, I don't, I, look, again, 
yeah, these rumors are out here. I, I, I had that little spiel last week where I was talking, even if that's true, you know, their money's in the program now, and the program's a disaster. Why don't we try to see how it looks without them? It, it can't look worse than it does right now. I don't think that that should be, that shouldn't be a deterrent from getting rid of Kenny Payne. And look, yeah, if, if Josh isn't allowed to do his job, if that's if there's any truth to that, then yeah, he, he should be like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go somewhere where I can do my job. But I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think the decision moving forward will be Josh's to make. And yeah, if Kenny Payne does get a third year and it winds up being a disaster, it's on him. Like it doesn't really matter what forces were at play behind the scenes. Like you're the AD, it falls on your shoulders. You should have done what you had to do to make a move. And it's kind of like the talk about him now with Kenny Payne. You can say, well, he was the interim. He had a lot of pressure to hire KP. The fans wanted it. Some some wealthy supporters wanted it as well. Some powerful people wanted Kenny Payne. He did what they wanted. Still, at the end of the day, it's, it's his decision. I think he would say the exact same thing. Falls on my shoulders. Jeff Brom, same way. If Jeff Brom had been a disaster, you could say, well, everybody wanted it. It was the it was a layup. He wanted to come home. People wanted him. He gave the people what they wanted. It's been a disaster. It's, at the end of the day, it falls on his shoulders. He gets the credit. He gets the blame. And whatever happens next, I think, is the... It's the swing move. I mean, at what point does everybody in the program just throw their hands up and say, hey, we, we messed up here? I mean, the fans have already done that. Right now. What's They should. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. If DePaul can do it, I think we can do it. Right. I mean, we're, we're Louisville, for God's sake. De, I mean, we got DePaul out there in the middle of a year being like, okay, like even for us, this this is outrageous. We, we, we're DePaul. We've had two winning seasons in the last 20 years. Two winning seasons in the last 20 years. We haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 2004. And even this is just beneath us. This is a DePaul team that just kind of whacked us in December. Let us from start to finish, one by seven, could have won by 16. And they're in the middle of the year like, this is just, this is, I don't care how the rest of the year goes, we can't keep doing this. They're DePaul. You'd think we would have the same self-respect. And, look, if it's about finances, we'll find out at some point. But... Like, we, we can't even debate doing a third year of this. We, we just can't. Texas, I think I'm the only Falcons fan that listens to the show. I'm assuming our whole staff is gone, which means that Dave Ragone is out, which makes me sad. Do you think he'd ever make his way to Brom's staff? Maybe if Brian leaves one day. I'm not even sure if Dave and Jeff have some sort of relationship, but that would be cool to see. I mean, I, I think I gave the scoop a couple years ago that, that Ragone, I mean, Ragone had told people that are still around UofL, that at some point he wanted to come back and be Louisville's head coach. I, I think you know it was going to take a good sequence of events for that to happen, but there was definitely interest at various times over the past several years about fr- from Dave about coming back and being a head coach. I'm not sure he would be interested in coming back and being a, a coordinator, but maybe you know maybe if it, you know if Louisville keeps this up and Brian does move on to try and make a name for himself a year or two from now, and Ragone's floating around out there, and, and he's he's not in a position that he's really all that keen on. Maybe he would come back. I think the thing with, with with Dave is the same thing that you're talking about with why Brian would want to leave, though. Like, Does Dave, who has head coaching aspirations and who's been an offensive coordinator, a successful one at the professional level, does he want to come back and be the offensive coordinator under a head coach who basically is the offensive coordinator? Like Jeff's always going to get it, – it's going to be his say. You, know, you may have some suggestions. You may be able to work some things into the game plan. But in the middle of a game, if Jeff wants something to happen on offense, what Jeff says is going to go. And I'm not sure that Dave would want to walk back in that situation. But I would love to have him back here. 
Bring Ragone back. Bring Wolf. Let's get everybody back. We already have a lot of local guys, and it's 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 working out for us right now. So, why not? Texas says. Um, so when people say probable starting lineup for U of L, what exactly do you mean? Because at this point, KP doesn't even know. Yeah, I think that probable starting lineup is always like you just kind of use the last starting lineup. That's, yeah, that, that's that's, that's the what way, they typically do. That's the way it is in the game notes. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll find. I mean, I, I don't think anybody had Zan in the, in the probable starting lineup before last game. Texture says. On what basis do you claim Duke is a bigger brand than Kentucky? They are. It's angry guy. Texter says, uh, out of 54 games, including exhibition games, Payne has won 12. That's pathetic. <laughs> it's not great. It's not the best. Texture says, schedule release is at 5 p.m. tomorrow on the ACC Network. Oh, not today. Not today. No. By the way, did you see that picture on the text I line? did. I did. <laughs> Well, then I'll give you – how about this, then? Then I'll give you another nugget at 5 o'clock. We gave you one little kind of nugget earlier. We'll give you another nugget at 5 o'clock. Texture says, Adrian Griffin, make him say no. I don't know where the make him say no guy has been. Is that the dude that just got fired by the Bucks? Uh Yeah. Hmm. He's he's available. We can bring him in. I don't know where the make him say no guy has been, though. Like We had a guy who would text in every single day to say – Yeah, he has been gone for a while. Yeah, man, he he just kind of maybe early last week was his last text. It's been a while. It's been a while. Texture says uh, Mikey had fifty eight in the third, and to start the fourth quarter, the Carl Anthony Towns was ball hogging every possession, so the coach didn't play him the last nine to ten minutes of the game, and the coach got pissed after the game and was like, "We got a guy out there hunting records and disgracing the game." Yeah, basically, he said something about he understands you got to feed the hot hand, but. I mean, he was when, 10 the high, of, when the hand's not hot anymore. Got to look elsewhere. He was ten of fifteen from three. I feel yeah. like that's pretty. I feel like that's pretty odd. I feel like I would have just let him cook. Um, I mean, that's kind of a shot. It, it, that sounds like a bad situation. But I mean, they, what Embiid shot the ball forty-one times. See his free throw numbers. What was he? Twenty-one of twenty-three. That's 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 impressive. It's insane. That'll that'll work for you. Uh, yeah, it's a weird situation. Well, I mean, the, and the game was relatively, wasn't it close? The Timberwolves game? Yeah. Yeah, they lost by three. So it, you're benching Carl Anthony Towns because, like, he's shooting too much in a close game and he's scoring 58 points. That seems <laughs> kind of silly, but whatever. Texture says, uh, when is the NCAA basketball and football going to have a, to, to mandate true injury reports like the NBA and the NFL with all these states having sports gambling? It's a great question. Uh, it doesn't matter in pro sports either. Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been questionable every single game this season, and they play every single night. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's what colleges will do, right, is they'll just have this basic injury report where everybody's just going to be – they'll list guys as questionable just because they have to. But, like, you do wonder – I mean, think about betting this, this Duke game tonight. They lost to Pitt at home, a team that they had just destroyed on the road 11 days earlier. And I think you can say they didn't play great in the game, but you can go back and you can say they didn't have Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell, and that was the difference in the game. And if it makes that much of a difference against Pitt, I'm not saying that we're going to beat Duke without Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell, but you know, you may cover 14 without those guys. you got no shot to cover 14 if, if you, maybe if they're playing. And we've got no idea what their status is. So I, I don't know how you bet on that game tonight if you're if you're a gambler outside of the, the prop bets that we talked about earlier. There's a, 
there's a Jeremy Roach enthusiast on Twitter. Search Jeremy Roach's name. <laughs> he uh, he tweeted, Duke cannot win without Jeremy Roach. And then somebody replied to him, and he commented back. He said, I was more referencing anything. They can't. They cannot win any game that isn't Louisville without Roach. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, well, shout out to Jeremy Roach enthusiast. Yeah, last time I, I Twitter searched uh, – Jeremy Roach, there was just there was no, no. Yeah, there's just still questionable. Texture says, "What's this image? Uh, starting five: Sky Clark, Zan Payne, Mike James, Zan Payne, Zan Payne." <laughs> good Photoshop work. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, "There's no way they've put it out yet." I mean, like the poor social media person tonight. If he if he gets the graphic and it's like. It's Zan Payne in it again. He's like, oh my God. He's like, I can't, for my mental health, I can't check the responses to this one. Like, it's going to be, like, you will never see. We've had some, turn the replies off. We've had some outrageous explosions from the fan base when, like, you know, when scores get posted after blowout losses and stuff. If they put the Zan Payne tweet out there, 10 minutes before tip off, like, the internet just may explode. Like, you're just going to hear fireworks going off across the city, just explosions everywhere, people screaming, we'll get babies a li- crying. We'll get a live look into the Yum Center. Everybody's leaving. <laughs> it's just <laughs> fires breaking out everywhere. It's just going to be terrible. Texas, I think the Zan Texture guy is actually Kenny. What a theory. I would love it if he's like, this is actually a Zan. Like, he hasn't been joking the entire time. He's been These texts have been in earnest. Uh, Texas love on the spectrum is so sweet and fun. It is. Texas Mike, maybe Kenny is just pulling a Coach P with Swapshire. Remember how hard he played in practice? You got to reward all the awesome practice work. I'm sure Danilo and Zan are crushing the practice floor. I'm not sure they are. Also, Jared Swapshire was like a legitimately decent ba- college basketball player. Remember how good he was in the 2012 run? Out of nowhere, he just started like he, he became a really good player in the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament, and then he went to Northwestern and was pretty good for them for a year. Comparing Jared Swapshire and Zan Payne is not a it's, it's not a great comparison, but I do like that we're trying. Texas says I'm in the let's see how the season finishes out camp, but if KP play, plays Zan significant minutes, he needs to be fired ASAP. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I get still being in the wait and see camp, or just like you know, like there's no benefit in firing him right now. I'm not in that camp, but I can understand where you're coming from. But I also get why, if you're somebody who is in that, like, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's just let's ride this thing out. Who knows? Like, you know, we've played a little bit better recently. Maybe we can get on a run and he can show something. But if he starts Zan again, I, I can see how that would just make you fall off that wagon pretty quickly. Because there's there's just he's putting me in the position to be mean again, and I don't want to. But there's just there's no excuse to play your son meaningful minutes in games that matter like this. If you think that he's but you said earlier, a game don't matter. Well, that's the fair counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're if you're the head coach, they should matter. Like you know, we they don't matter to us because they at least to me because I think we all see where this is going. But if you're trying to win games and save your job, and it, like that's the weird thing about some of the moves that he makes is in every interview. I mentioned the the Paul Rogers coaches show that he did last night, where he's giving like he's kind of defending himself and he's giving all of these reasons why he deserves a, a year three without openly saying, I deserve a year three. Like, he seems to be openly campaigning to get at least one more year on the job. So it's not like he's, you know, at least with his words, he's very much saying, like, I haven't given up. I, I want this thing to work. But then with his actions, like, he's not recruiting anybody. He's playing his son 17 minutes for no reason. 
you know, he's starting Danilo and Hersey. Like, you know, nothing's changing strategically. We're doing the same things over and over, game after game, that just do not work. So, I mean, his words say one thing, his actions say another. I don't know what to think. I don't know if it's just incompetence. I don't. I don't know if it is trolling. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he genuinely think this, thinks this is the best way to go about business. I've got no idea. I, I am at a loss. I've been at a loss for two years plus. That's where I am. Texture says uh, it's a link to a tweet. Let's see what the tweet is. Uh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm sure it was good. Sometimes we can't get to these uh, these these texts before before they happen. Uh, it's, someone else sends in the. Uh, somebody must have tweeted out the Zanpain image because somebody else uh, also sent in the same starting five image with three Zanpains. Texture says, um, "Wait, no, I was wrong. Zan is listed as a projected starter in tonight's game notes." The thing about the game notes, again, though, if you go by the projected starters, it's all just they just use the, the starting lineup from the last game. Yeah. So there's no. It's not like Zach is just guessing who's going to be. I think uh, Kenny Klein, because for so long with Patino and even Denny. You knew who the stars were going to be. They didn't really change the starting lineup, and if they did, you kind of knew it was coming. And so, Kenny Klein would always have projected starting lineup when Rick was here. And then in the Chris Mack year, the last year, we had like seventeen different starting lineups in thirty-three games. So I think he just changed it to like last game starters in the game notes because he didn't. He, it was so wrong, and everybody just just you know they were like, "Wow, the projected starters are off every single game." Like he was just using last game. So that's what they do now. It's, well, and that's pretty standard practice across the board. Yeah, mostly you know, reading other game notes, which Duke's game notes, by the way, I'm going to take a shot at their their SID department because again, Duke to me biggest brand in college basketball. They got all these resources, all this money. Their game notes suck. They're, they're just not good. Yeah, I read every game notes for football and basketball to get ready across the ACC. Duke is bottom tier game notes. They're just not good. Virginia's are great. Syracuse's are great. Pitts are surprisingly good. Duke suck. Carolinas were good last week. Dukes are bad. Texture says, who wins one-on-one, Zan Payne or Mark Jackson Jr.? Mm. MJJ. Texas, the cards are going to be down by five at the half and lose by 30. I don't know if this is going to be that type of game. I don't know if it's going to be more like the one of those games where we hang around a little bit and then there's one big run that puts us out of our misery. To me, this feels more like a like, kind of slow start and then kind of hang around, get it to, you know, we're down by eight to 12 at halftime, and then kind of hang around in the second half, and then Duke goes on one big run to create separation, and they end up winning by 15-16. That's what this feels like to me. But, look, I'm wrong a lot about how these games are going to go. You're right a lot, too, though. Yeah, I don't know about that. Texas, as far as showing cause for termination, why isn't being a terrible head coach a fireable offense? I mean, if I sucked at my job, I'm 100% sure my employer would fire me, and they'd have every right to. I just don't get these bulletproof contracts that these coaches get. It makes sense, like you know, at a very surface level. I mean, going back to the analogy that the the guy brought up a few weeks ago. If you're walking into a job where every single year the like the person who had the job before you is bringing in hundred thousand dollars a year for the company, and in your first year you bring in like ten thousand dollars, you're not getting a second year, and you're getting fired for cause, right? Like, like maybe you're gonna get three months severance, but. They're not keeping you around. You're probably not even going to get through my severance because you're going to get fired for for poor job performance. They're not eliminating your job. They're just saying you're terrible at this. You've got to go. If in year two you do a little bit better, and you bring in fifteen thousand dollars, you're still not going to get a year three. Like, like there's no other world in which we're we're going to reward this type of uh, of job performance. 
and we're certainly not going to pay you an inordinate amount of money just to go away, but we do it in college sports. The contract for Kenny Payne is weird. I mean, we didn't pay him a absurd base salary because we didn't have to. We weren't competing with anybody. He'd never been head coach before. We got him cheaper than we could have gotten. Like If we'd gone out and hired Eric Musselman, he would have cost probably $2 million more per year, at least, mm-hmm. than what we were paying Kenny Payne. But the the buyout makes no sense to me. It never has. Again, we were competing with nobody to hire this guy. And we gave him a $10 million initial buyout that dropped by $2 million every year. I just, I, mean, I have to assume that that was on his end, that he was like, I don't, you know, maybe it was doubt in his own abilities. And he was like, I don't, I think it's going to take a long time to rebuild this thing. I'm not sure that I can get it done. I've never done this before. If you do want to cut ties with me early without letting me like really see this thing through, then it's going to cost you. I guess that's what his, his line of thinking was. I don't know why Louisville ever agreed to that. It's a terrible, terrible deal. Because again, like it's not like anybody was going to come calling for him after two years. You, you didn't need that high of a buyout unless it was just something that he demanded and you felt like you had to agree to to get this thing done. It just it makes no sense on paper. And it's kind of killing us right now. Texas says, Scooch seems like a nice guy. Uh-oh. But I think he's an undercover UK fan, or at least leans that way. He gets too excited to tell you about UK news. He acts like he didn't know they played tonight. Played a Bon Jovi country song. Come on, Scoots. Well, Scoots is an IU fan. For sure. But you do, I mean, like, you've done KRC for a long time now. Yeah, it's been like three years. So, I mean, it would be, I would, I'd be lying to you if I said I'm not, if I don't lean towards Kentucky. But yeah. you kind of, I mean, because for your job, you have to watch the games exactly. and follow the news and get into stuff. And it's kind of hard not to at least, like, know this and get excited well, when you, anytime you know something about something, you get excited when you're talking about it, even if you're not a quote-unquote fan. Oh, and especially this team, because I, I do watch every game so I can have some points when I do my job. Uh, take note, Kenny. Um, but no, I mean, especially this team, cause it's so fun. Like, so if you take a step back, get yourself out of your Louisville fan body and just watch this Kentucky team as a college basketball guy. So entertaining. So entertaining. I'm not going to go that far. I, I'm not entertained by the way Kentucky plays. I can see how somebody who likes the team would be entertained by them. I find it repulsive watching them play. Just For because, what reason? Cause I'm a Louisville fan. And I hate Kentucky. And the fact that they are so like okay, fun. but get out of that mindset. If you just think about it as a basketball team, I know what take you're the, saying. Take the name Kentucky. I'm off saying of I it. can't enjoy it. I'm saying I see how other people can enjoy it. They they're fun as hell, but when they're fun as hell, it makes me sad. Sure. So for me personally, it's revolting the fact that they're this up and down. Plus, I didn't act like I didn't know they played tonight. I know they played tonight. You did. Yeah, I said that. You I said you can't play tonight, don't you? And you said yes. I'll defend you a little bit there. Thanks. We got a break. We got a five o'clock hour coming up next. We'll talk more about this game. We'll get you ready for tonight. Cards versus Duke coming up in about two hours. Mike Rutherford Show rolling for another hour here on 1450 The Big
Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition, game day edition. Cards getting ready to host Duke at 7 o'clock tonight inside the KFC Yum Center. It's an ACC Network televised game. It'll be on 970 WGTK if you're listening on the radio. Uh, we mentioned, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I thought the football schedule was going to come out today at 5. Uh, just confirmation now, it will be out tomorrow at 5. Uh, I've got it, though. Some, some cool people have the schedule ahead of time. UofL has officially announced, though, that the Cards will take on Boston College in a Friday night game on October 25th in Chestnut Hill. So we know we know Louisville's playing Austin P in the first game, August 31st at home. We know they're playing Jacksonville State second. Maybe they'll have a bye early in that month. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. We know they're playing Notre Dame on uh, September 28th in South Bend. We know they play Kentucky on the road Saturday, November 30th on Thanksgiving weekend. And now we know on October tw- or 25th, Friday night, they'll play at Boston College. Will they play at Clemson the next week? Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> Maybe. We'll find out tomorrow at 5 o'clock. But I think they will. Uh, we'll talk more about the schedule tomorrow when it comes out, obviously. A couple teasers there. That's fine. We'll, we'll discuss it tomorrow. Let me ask you this, Scoots. Because So the, the Lions famously are in the NFC Championship. The whole world's talking about this now. Lions, one game away from the Super Bowl. It's all anybody's talking. It's bigger than Taylor Swift. It's bigger than the royal family. It's bigger than everything. It's all lines, all everywhere. So people you know, are, are going up to me and asking like where this would rank on my sports hierarchy. And so I got this question this morning from somebody. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I, I, I have a, a decent sense of like your sports fandom hierarchy, but I'm not 100% sold on it. And somebody asked me, like if you could just have one team, one, of, one team that you cheer for, win its sports championship, between now and when you die, what do you pick? Because, you know, Louisville men's basketball, I, I, I want to see them back on top. It was, you know, it's been like my first love for most of my life. But I was there. I saw them win the national title in 2013. It happened. I experienced that. It was wonderful. It was the greatest weekend of all time. I want them to win, I mean, many more before I die. But I've seen it happen before. Lions Super Bowl hasn't even been like a dream uh, of mine. It's crazy to, th- to even think about. Right now, the Reds winning the World Series. It happened in 1990. I wasn't a fan back then, and I was like five years old. So, no recollection of, of my only Reds memories are, are them barely making the playoffs and losing the playoffs. My answer would be Louisville football winning a national title. Because, as cool as it's been to watch basketball, like basketball was a thing before I was born, basketball was a powerhouse before I was born. Football has always been this, like, you know. I mean, when I was born, they were talking about potentially dropping the program or, or taking it down to the, the FCS level or taking it down to the NII level, all this stuff. It was never at the forefront of the local conversation. And then you had a couple of, of brief moments in the early 90s under Howard where it was good, and then it goes back into, again, relative national obscurity, a couple of flash-in-the-pan moments in the last few years. But it's never been viewed as this perennial national title contender. And I think that also winning a, a football national title changes the entire landscape of your athletic program. So that would be my answer. For you, if one team you rooted for could win one championship in their respective sport, where do you go? I mean, you just want to answer for me? I'm assuming Indiana men's basketball. Absolutely. It's not even not even close. And maybe that's because I have seen the Steelers win two Super Bowls. Um, the Reds would probably be up there for me. But, yeah, I mean, far and away, Indiana basketball. Not even close. Not even Not even a conversation, yeah. You, I mean, because you've seen them go to the national title game. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you were what? 
because I was in high school. I was a junior high school, so you were in like grade school. Like 12, yeah. 11. I'm sure it was like a formative early sports fandom memory for you. Great run. Kind of makes you a bigger fan. And then since then, you really haven't come close. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the long and short of it. I get it. I mean, that, that would Indiana football, though, never even – not even a thought. Oh, that's – no. No. That's – you talk about you not thinking about the Lions winning the Super Bowl. Indiana winning the college football playoff is way more far-fetched than the Lions winning the Super Bowl. It is, but I'll tell you what, it would be a bigger story. If Indiana football won a, a football national title, then it would be if they won a men's basketball title. Absolutely, it would be. But that, I mean, there's no point in wasting any more breath about it because that's not going to happen. Well, again, this is a, you know, we're living in a world where we're just, we're, 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 we're picking and choosing. We're, we're creating our own reality here. Hmm. We're not saying what could happen. I don't even know if in a, in a separate world that could happen. Well, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's plausible at all. Speaking of in a separate world where things could happen, I've got the latest odds to win the conference regular season championships in men's college basketball. In the big leagues, according to Bet Online, what do you think uh, Louisville's odds are to win the ACC right now in men's basketball? They are one in six. North Carolina is an undefeated seven and zero. So this is the regular season, not the conference tournament. Regular season, okay. Um, I mean, they've probably got to be two hundred fifty thousand to one, right? Two hundred fifty to one <laughs> is they are the they are tied with. We're not alone at the Wait, bottom. So they're twenty five hundred. Yes, not twenty five thousand. Two fifty to one. That's way too low. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you could put it at a billion to one. I'm not going to waste a dollar <laughs> on that. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Uh, but they are not alone down there at 250 to one. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and Pitt are also getting 250 to one odds, which is kind of crazy because Pitt just beat Duke, but still, I get it. Bad basketball team. Uh, North Carolina, the runaway favorite. They're the not only the only undefeated team in the conference, but the only team with fewer than two league losses. They are 4 to 15, minus 280 to win the ACC. Duke is the second choice at 11 to 4. And then NC State at eighteen to one, Wake Forest at twenty to one. Nobody else is under fifty to one. <laughs> if you're wondering, if you're out there, shout out to you, um, angry guy. Kentucky is tied for the third choice to win the SEC. Really? Auburn is the favorite at eleven to ten. Tennessee is the second choice at nine to four. And then Alabama and Kentucky are tied as the third choice at five to one. <laughs> and it's a it's a steep, it's a precipitous drop from those top four. To everybody else, Florida is next at sixty-six to one as the fifth choice. Auburn's got a really tough schedule coming up, so I wouldn't buy into that. They do. I think Auburn's really good. They are good. They're I, the team that I've that. made the most money at college basketball betting because just for whatever reason, their lines were ridiculous all season long. They just they keep being even against Ole Miss on on Saturday. It was like a six and a half point line. They're hosting Ole Miss. They won by twenty three. Like they're they're just whomping on teams. They've been very good. Like you said, though, the schedule does. I mean. It, I feel like that's all the SEC teams right now. Like they play Bama uh, away on Wednesday, and then they they start a stretch in the second half of of the conference season where they'll play Florida and Kentucky and Tennessee and and all this stuff. But I mean, UK they're tougher SEC games. They're all coming up too. South Carolina tonight will be, I think, a, a tough game for them away. Arkansas away. Say what you will about them being an underachiever. They've got talent on that roster, and that building is a nightmare to play in, even when they're having down seasons, and especially when you're a team like Kentucky. Um, I think that'll be a tough game for them. I would not be shocked at all. If, I'm not going to say that Kentucky's going to lose that game, but Arkansas will give them, I think, all they want down there. Uh, Florida at home, they should handle. Then they get Tennessee. I mean, they've still got to play Tennessee twice. Mm-hmm. They've got Alabama, and then they play Auburn on the road this year. So, I mean, I think Kentucky's toughest SEC games are still ahead of them. But it, it's going to be a fascinating four-way battle. I think those four teams are all really legitimately good. But 
the rest of the conference isn't quite as good as I thought they were going to be. I think A&M still could be decent, but besides that, I'm like, eh, you know, it's 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 not as strong in the middle as I was thinking it was going to be a couple weeks ago. But the top is very very good. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. I, I mean, I don't know what to say about the possibility of Louisville winning this game tonight against Duke because I don't. I mean, am I alone in saying that it doesn't really change anything? Obviously, it's it changes the fact that you know right now we're in this lowest of low states coming off the Wake Forest loss, and everybody's thinking that this is going to be you know another limp to the finish, and it's all the, the conversation is just strictly surrounding when Kenny's going to get fired or, or who we're going to bring in and all that stuff. If we beat Duke, it changes a little bit for a day. It'll be like after the Miami game, exactly, where yeah. we, you know, we're like, hey, hey, happy for the kids, exactly, happy for the kids. They, they they have gotten better. There's no question about that. But I think at the end of the day, most Louisville fans, and I'm not speaking for everybody because there are some that will will have a different opinion. But I think most Louisville fans will be like, I'm glad they won. They've definitely gotten better. It still no is nowhere near good enough, and I want them gone after this year. It will take a lot more than just beating an injured Duke team on your home floor for a lot of people to come around. So I don't think it changes that much if they win tonight. I don't think it changes that much if they're competitive. I prefer it to them just getting blown out because it's it's more fun to watch and I do still I'm still cheering for the team and still cheering for the guys and and hoping for the best this season. But it just feels like there's you know <laughs> there's not much to lose in this game, but there's also not that much to gain. And it's crazy to be talking like that when you've got a good Duke team coming to your your house in late January for a nationally televised well, game. Well, have y'all beat a top 25 team under Kitty Payne? Well, no. Well, there you go. There's something to play for. Make a little bit of history tonight. Thank you, Scoots. When's the last time we beat a ranked team? Huh. I don't think it – I'm not sure it happened in the Piggy season. We should have beaten that that uh, North Carolina team that was good, um, but we got screwed by the refs. That was terrible. But I know we didn't do it last year. Can you hit the cough button for me? Yep, I got you. Thank you. Uh, I was I, getting ready to ask you if you needed thank that. Thank you. Yeah, it was, You're getting a little it was, gravelly. It was getting bad. I was, yeah. I was doing the best I could. <laughs> I know we didn't beat a ranked team last year because it's very easy to keep track of four victories. In Mike Pegues' last year, or the, the Mike Pegues Chris Mack season, we got the biggest, the, the, the ACC was not that good this year. We played very few ranked teams. We lost to Duke when they were ranked. Carolina actually wasn't ranked for the game that I was talking about. We only played three ranked teams that entire season. We lost all three of them. So our last win over a top 25 opponent was, oh my God, the, the, the COVID season, the COVID shortened year of 2020-2021, we beat Virginia Tech, who was number 19 in the country at the time, 73-71 on January 6th, 2021. <laughs> over three years ago. Over three, yeah, over three calendar years ago. That's what we're going for. That's what we're shooting for. Let's get it. Man. We haven't beaten many ranked teams at all. Like our our last ranked win before that game was the game we were talking about earlier, where we beat Duke uh, in Saturday night college game day game of the week, January eighteenth, twenty twenty, in Cameron Indoor Stadium, seventy nine seventy three. Man, and that was the only uh, we beat. Uh, we beat three ranked teams that year. We beat Michigan when they were number four, and uh, Florida State. No, we didn't beat Florida State. It was we haven't had much success against ranked teams recently, is how we'll put it. But tonight, <laughs> that could all change. The Duke Blue Devils are coming to town. And bringing a top fifteen record with them, and coming off of a uh, pretty humbling pit loss. The, the only thing that concerns me here is, I know they've got the injuries. I know Roach and, and Miller, Mitchell, I should say, might be dinged up, might not play at all. 
but you're also you're going to get their full attention. They're coming off of a, a humbling loss to Pitt on their home floor. Everybody saw the pictures of Blake Henson jumping on the scorer's table and yelling at the camera crazies like that. It was a bad, bad loss for them. They, I think, they're going to be awake for this game. Any hope that they were going to come in here and be like, it's Louisville, they suck, we don't even really need to try, we're going to win this game, I think it got to put to bed. It's a it's a bad time to be getting Duke coming into your place, I feel like, wounded or not. like They're they're a caged animal right now. They've heard the jokes. They're ready to, to lash out. It's uh, I think it's a bad setup for Louisville tonight. But have been wrong many times before. Seem crazier. Things. Could be wrong again. 502-414-1450. Let's take some text from you guys. You guys have been loading up all day. Text... Read that. Texter says, not that I would be opposed to either being hired, but I think the reason that Scott Drew and Jerome Tang are linking, leaking their name for the Louisville job is that they know they'll get eaten alive in the expanded Big 12 and that the ACC will be easier with all the elder statesmen gone or on the way out. I mean, maybe. It's certainly, I, don't, I can't imagine either would think that way, but it's not outside the realm of possibility that the ACC is going to just consistently be a step or two below some of the other conferences in, in college basketball. The Big 12 is going to be a nightmare moving forward. Like the, the Big 12 is going to be in just dog fight every single night. It's been that way for a while now, and that's only going to get better with these new additions. The ACC, I mean, you keep thinking that that all these programs are going to bounce back and that it's going to go back to the way it's been. And look, it hasn't been a bad conference. The metrics have rated it as like the the, the fifth best conference the last couple of years. And then you've had teams make runs to the final. You've had three Final Four teams in these last two "quote unquote" disastrous years, and you got I think two teams this year that certainly have the ability to win at least four games in March this season in Duke and Carolina. So it's not like it's a terrible conference, but certainly it's taken steps backwards, and we're part of the reason why we need to get our act together. Virginia's gone backward a little bit; they look not great this year. NC State's never really picked itself back up; uh, they've never become what we wanted them to be. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it would make it a more attractive option. I mean, that is. The, I'm sure some people listening have heard the same buzz that's out there. There is buzz behind Scott Drew's name now. Not sure if that's his agent just leaking it for the purposes of generating buzz, but there's uh, there's, there's stuff out there. I mean, I think Scott Drew would be, if you don't think he's a home run hire, I think he's as close as it gets right now. I think he's the biggest possible quote-unquote home run hire that's out there for you that's a realistic candidate for the job. He won a national title at Baylor, for God's sake. If you're looking at rebuilds and you're looking at Louisville and saying this is the toughest rebuild job in college basketball, it's not tougher than what he did at Baylor. He inherited a program that had much, much harsher penalty. I mean, you got Kenny Payne talking about the dark cloud. Like we never, we, we all he ended up having in terms of actual punishments against him was probation. That was it. No recruiting restrictions. No postseason bans. No nothing. Scott Drew walked into a situation where they couldn't play conference. Uh, they, they couldn't play non-conference games. They weren't on TV. They had a player murder another player before he got there, and the coaching staff worked to try to clean up the storyline about around it. Like that's what he walked into, and it was Baylor, who had never wanted a high level in the middle of Waco, Texas, and he took that program. He made them consistently good. He got NBA talent there, and then when that wasn't a recipe for for tournament success, he changed his philosophy. Became a tough nosed defense guy, started going in the transfer portal, developed guys over time, and it led to having you know three one seeds in a row, or would have been three one seeds in a row if we'd had a twenty twenty tournament and winning the twenty twenty one national title. If he can do that at Baylor, you got way more inherent advantages at a place like Louisville. Was the coach before Scott Drew the coach that went to New Mexico State? 
Or no. we got two murder cover-ups. Dave Bliss is a different coach. Dave Bliss, though, did get another college coaching job somehow. Just showing that you're never like, like you know, sports cancel culture is not a thing at all. Like, you know, if, you, if somebody thinks that you can benefit their program, they're going to give you a job. And uh, Dave Bliss, who was the most unhirable coach of all time, you would think, ends up getting like an NAIA job or something like that a few years later, which is just remarkable. Hmm. But yeah, uh, Hire was the guy at, uh, at New Mexico State who got fired after last year. It was you know, th- th- That situation... Shockingly, not as bad as the Baylor situation. Baylor's the worst thing that's ever happened. Like that's 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 as bad as it gets. You got players killing other players. That's a, a different level of uh, of an issue. But if Scott Drew wants to take this job, I would, yeah, I, I would, I would welcome it. Dave Bliss sure. no longer coaching. No, yeah, I think that he's eighty. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's the reason. I would hope you'd think that that would be the reason he'd be, no longer be coaching. But I'm not sure that that's the case. Texas says, Mike, if you get the DePaul job, will you have Rakeem Buckles on your staff? Sure. Sure. Everyone's welcome on my staff. It's a group effort. We're going to make DePaul great again. Texas, if, if Kentucky can free Big Z, can KP cancel the game tonight? Yeah. we are. I think we already hit it. Mm-hmm. Texas, Scoots saying that you primarily watch animated shows and Disney movies isn't helping that Rebecca Black take. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say but at, at this point. <laughs> It's a tough look for you. Texas, ah, yes, his dream situation, Kenny Payne, that he needed to be talked into and taking uh, taking and constantly complains about how bad things were when he got here. He does seem to be kind of a walking contradiction at this point. I wanted the job desperately, but I had to be talked into it. It was a dream, but I really didn't even want to come here. It just it, it makes no sense. Texas, we need a gambling section of the show. Do you like Louisville covering 13.5 points? Do you think Proctor makes over two and a half threes? Does Scoots need uh, Gill's help scratching his back because he's got short arms? No, that's, I have a back scratcher. I have a back scratcher. Thank you. Suck it, Scoots hater. Do you really have a, a back scratcher? Yeah. You don't? No. Really? No. Oh, it's vital for my life. Yeah, because, I mean, he's he is right. I got little T-Rex arms. So, I have to have a back scratcher. I do have a wife. That helps. That's true. That'd Gil, be nice. Gill's scratcher back. No. Uh, I, I don't, again, like I'm, I'm staying away from Louisville covering or not covering or whatever. I, I just, I don't know how you bet this game not knowing who's going to be healthy. I, and Louisville's such a wild card, regardless. <laughs> I don't know how you bet it. Period. Uh, Proctor, I, I don't. We didn't look at Proctor. I love the. Oh, no, we did. He was at one and a half. Oh, he was. Yeah, and you said you didn't love it. I, yeah, I, I like Filipowski more. I like McCain the second most, and then Proctor would be third. I mean, none of them are bad bets. Trust me. We're going to give up some threes. Tonight. McCain and Filipowski, you can get a plus money. Texas' Eric Cole was the PGA Rookie of the Year. How exactly is Scoots following the PGA Tour closely? To use your word, religiously. Where, when was he Rookie of the Year? Last, Last year. year. That's, I mean, that's why I don't know him. It's his second year in the PGA. He's the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I'm not backing down from that. You need to take the loss here. I'm not taking the loss. You can't. Say I know you, PGA Tour. You can't say that you follow golf so, religiously and not know one of the best players on the tour last year. Sorry, I didn't know the rookie of the year. Did he win any tournaments? No. Did that, you, no. I mean, rookie of the year. He didn't win a tournament. You should. If you're, if, if I'm an NBA fanatic, I'm pretty sure I know who the rookie when, of the year in the NBA. When is. you watch co- or when you watch golf coverage, are they showing the guys that are down at the bottom of the leaderboard? No. That's why I don't know Eric Cole. He competed in multiple tournaments last year. He didn't win. He was rookie of the year. It's his second year in golf. I know him now. I'll never forget him now. Oh, he's top go. 15 of the PGA Championship. Hmm. Got lucky. Come on. 
I'm not saying he's like the uh, a top like 20 name in the sport. I'm saying you should know who he is if you're a religious golf follower, which is what you claim. I mean, there is hundreds of guys below him that I, I know before I've ever heard of him. That's on you. That's I on guess. You. Yeah. You I'm not a, taking the loss though. You went to I've taken the Honda Classic. I've taken enough. Kirk in a playoff. I've taken enough losses as an Indiana fan. You should have known. You should have known who he was. Texas says, sounds like Tommy Lloyd might be available. Arizona budget debacle. Hmm? 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 Arizona's a budget debacle? Interesting. I would take Tommy Lloyd. The University of Arizona loaned its athletic department $55 million during the pandemic and blamed sports for the school's recent $240 million budget shortfall. Hmm. He's on our list, right? He's on the list. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, three days ago. He was the, the, the coaching candidate of the day. I mean, look, it'd be a, <laughs> you know, we've been talking about how when you have a breakup with a coach that didn't do well for you, you want somebody who's kind of their antithesis, someone who's the opposite of, of the person that you're just getting rid of. And Tommy Lloyd had never been a head coach before the Arizona job. And he was one person that everybody pointed to. They're like, this is why I can work with Kenny Payne, lifetime assistant. He's got Arizona. They're going to be a number one seed in the tournament in his first year. Now, he hasn't had success in the NCAA tournament. They you know, they went to the Sweet 16 as a one seed and got upset by Houston. They lost in the first round last year as a two seed to Princeton. But my God, in his first two years, he's been a one seed and a two seed. Yeah, I, I would take Tommy Lloyd <laughs> at Louisville. They're, I, I think this year's Arizona team is really good. Too. I'm, yeah. I'm getting out in front of that. We've right. got uh, we got about a month and a half until we get to the postseason of college basketball. I think this year's Arizona team is they're not well, they're top ten. I think still they're not they're not like top five in the national rankings. I think this one is more built for postseason success than the last couple of teams. And I was high on the team two years ago. I was not high on last year's team. Trevor picked them to win the national title, and they lost the first round, which was great. <laughs> but I think this year's team is 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 very good. Texture says, uh, Mike, Ishbel really just another word for Rand. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's saying. <laughs> Texas, aren't you even a little bit impressed that Zan Payne got close enough to anybody defensively to get uh, – the, the fall that boggled my mind. Maybe somebody accidentally stumbled into him. I just don't know. Yeah, he 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 tried to take a charge. Tried to take a charge. Didn't happen. Texas says Scoot saying that you um oh man same text basically from the other person said saying that you have movie tastes in common with Little Virginia and like kids cartoons isn't helping you in twelve year old Rebecca Black's history. <laughs> she was fourteen. <laughs> Still don't 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 clarify. I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, Texas, you can get Filipowski plus money for over 19 and a half points. He has done that in two of the last three, or you can get minus 106 for over 18 and a half, something that he has done in three straight. Hmm. Yeah, Filipowski, solid chance that he has a solid game against us tonight, especially if the other guys are out because he will carry more of the offensive load. Filipowski, he's just a good player. Like, he's a guy that you wouldn't have gotten back, I think, without NIL. I'm not saying he would have been an NBA star or first round pick, but he probably still would have left. After last season, you got him back. Like Duke is returning more of their production. I saw the stat on in the, their crappy game notes today. Um, they're returning the most production that they have from a prior year since like 2007, 2008. So like it, it, we think of Kentucky as the one and done program. Duke's had a bunch of guys leave early the last uh, last couple decades. They bring back they brought back virtually everybody from a team last year that wasn't you know not great, but they still were a four seed and had a lot of Final Four love going into the tournament before they got blasted by Tennessee. So. I mean, they're a little bit of a disappointment right now to be 13-4. and four. They're trying to get hot. They feel like they need to turn a corner. Uh, unfortunately for us, they're coming off of a, a bad loss, and they're looking to start that run tonight. So, 
Text says, um, uh, what was your all's, Plummy Bro 1, what was your all's biggest concern when getting a new producer? I can recall the first show introducing Scoots and how he said he rooted for Indiana and the rest was history. I think this is a KRC text. Yeah, it's KRC. I'm curious to hear their answer. I'll send it over their line right now. <laughs> Texas says, uh, Scoots, get out of me and Mike's studio with that gibberish. Uh, we are Cards fans. We don't compliment the rival ever. Capiche? By the way, a PayPal Cal soundbite during a Rutherford show. Tighten that ship, Mike. And we get that complaint like once a week, more than once a week. What was it? The, the, the KRC promo playing oh, during our yeah. show. But like my promo plays during their show. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's like something silly. Like they've got John Calipari on. Hall of Fame coach John Calipari. PayPal Cal. Got it. PayPal. It's an old one. Corrupt Arena. <laughs> KFC Dump Center. Texas says, and we'll have to. My dad calls it the Dumb Center. Man. <laughs> Classic one, Papa Scoots. <laughs> Texas, I've had multiple friends who are UK fans mention that they would welcome KP back on their bench. The same UK friends have been inviting me to become a UK fan for this season because this team is so much fun to watch. It seems odd. It's nice, but it's odd that multiple people have said this. I tell them that KP is welcome on our bench too as an assistant coach and that UK looks like a very fun team to watch and that I'll be happy for them if they win it all. Well, the last part is going too far. I will not. I will openly root against Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. In fact, I won't rest until they've lost in the NCAA tournament. It won't be. It won't be time for me to to, to exhale until I've seen them not cut down the nets. Uh, Kenny Payne can go back to UK for all I care. That's that's absolutely fine. I get why they would want him back. He was great there. Like, mm-hmm. like they like this is the most fun team that they've had since Kenny Payne left. They were the you know he's he's like that first half of Calipari type fun team. I think I'm seeing the common denominator. Yeah, um, I, I get why they would want him back, but right now you know they're kind of rolling. Although it doesn't really matter unless you win in the NCAA. Like, if they have, and this time two years ago, Kentucky fans were having a lot of fun too. That's true. Oscar Sheebway is going to be the National Player of the Year. We're going to you know we're rolling, and then all it takes is to lose to St. Peter's in the first round for that to just sort of invalidate everything that happened before it. I mean, like I have a lot of UK. F- friends and family they don't share the great memories from two years ago you know it just it's sad it's the way the sport works though you can have four months of fun and four months of success wiped out with one bad two-hour performance um but on the flip side you can have kind of a whatever season rectified or just made better by a nice little two-week run i think we kind of saw that in 2015 for louisville was that team underachieved and they weren't as likable as the teams before them. They seemed like they had some rifts. It seems like they didn't really play together. It seems like you had some guys doing their own things, and they go out there, they win three straight games and make it to an Elite Eight, and you're like, okay, this is this is great. This is fun again. Um, and, and you can you can salvage things in, in the NCAA tournament. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll get through as many texts as we can. Then we'll make some predictions for the night ahead. Cards taking on Duke in about an hour and a half at the KFC Yum Center. Keep it locked right here. The Rutherford Show's got 30 minutes left here on 1450 The Big In the middle of our street, our house. I can't even get mad about being this. This being like the last lead in on a game day show. 
I can't get upset about it. <laughs> Imagine playing this though, if it's like it's like number fourteen Louisville hosting number six Duke or something. If you, I would kill you <laughs> if you tried to play this at five thirty on that game day. But today, I'm like, you know what? The pain line feels a uh, feels apt. I'm fine with it. Whatever. It's it's good. I don't care. 502-414-1450 the Thornton Sex Line. I didn't know what else to do today, so I just went with the home theme. <laughs> I don't care. It's 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 fine. Cards are hosting. They are at home tonight. Taking on Duke. Tip-off is about an hour and a half away. ACC Network has the TV coverage. Blue Devils coming in as a 14-point favorite at last check. Uh, they are 13-4 and overall, 4-2 and in the ACC. Cards, of course, are 6-12 and and 1-6 and in the ACC. Looking to bounce back from you know, the, their latest humbling loss, a 25-point defeat at the hands of Wake Forest. Duke also looking to bounce back after a home loss to Pittsburgh over the weekend, just their second defeat in conference play. Cards and Blue Devils going at it, 7 o'clock inside the KFC Home Center. Join the, the excitement. Maybe the football, I said the football team always seem to put out like good news in the middle of bad basketball stuff, and that's why they were going to release the schedule today. Maybe they chose tomorrow because mm. they knew it was going to be like, hey, yeah. we need a distraction after a bad loss. That's too. smarter. Although they, I know it's at the ACC's behest, but they did give us like a little nugget. They're like, hey, we play Boston College on a Friday. So that was cool. I appreciate that. 502-414-1450. Let's take some text on the Thornton's text line, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make some picks for tonight. Texas Mike, I'm a friend of the Make Him Say No guy. Whoa. He said after Kenny was not fired after the UK, the UK game that he was defeated. He has since become a recluse. He won't answer his door when we stop by his house, and he just has my sacrifice by Creed blaring on repeat. I'm sorry to hear that. My sacrifice. This is what Kenny Payne does to people. This is this is what happens. What's your thoughts on Creed? You like Creed? No. What about Nickelback? No, but like I don't like hate either one. Like they're, they're both. I get why both got made fun of. But it became a thing where it was like the joke became bigger than, than how bad they actually were. Yeah, right? I agree. Yeah. Like, like Creed had some catchy songs. I like, like them both. Yeah, like Nickelback had a couple songs that I didn't hate. I think like, like neither were good bands. Neither were, were bands that made music that I liked. But they became just easy punchlines. Animals by Nickelback is a phenomenal song. I, I, like when the, I said this before. When their first song came out, the This Is How You'd Remind Me or whatever, I was in high school and I kind of liked it. And then everything after that was kind of crap. But still, I, I don't think that they're that terrible. I think they just, you know. They became the butt of jokes, and it became like a running thing. Texas is Scoots a Disney adult. Yes. Whatever that means. Yes. Like the people who go to Disney World all the time and who like will go to Disney oh, on Ice and all never, that stuff by never, themselves as adults. I've never gone to Disney. I'm going thanks, next month. Thanks for bringing that up. You want to take me with you? Hop in. Come on. We'll throw you in the uh, – the, you can go with the baggage on the plane. I don't know if I would enjoy it. I'd have to go to the uh, portion of the park that sold beer because uh, just too many kids. I said this last. I told the story last year. Like we're gonna, I think we're gonna go Disney on Ice. Will be when we get back from Disney World. I think it's in April. It's coming back to the Yum Center. We've gone the last two years, and it's been like, it's like Virginia's heaven. Like it's like her Super Bowl. But there were like, I, I don't judge Disney adults. Like, it's fine if you want to go, like, just like as as grown people. But I think two years ago, the first year Virginia went, so she's like two. She's like really small, and the the people sitting right in front of us were this this couple, and the guy had to have been at least like fifty. The woman maybe was a little bit younger, but she was probably in her forties, which is fine. Again, I'm fine, not judging at all. But like he had his arm around her the entire time. I'm like we get it, buddy. Like you know, you're, you're cool. Like n- nobody's gonna try to step oh, in. Oh, is this the guy that yelled at her? No, he, he didn't yell at her. But like you know, she's up and she's dancing. They they, they tell the kids to get up and dance and stuff. And yeah. she's got like a little bubble wand, and he's got his arm like all the way behind the chair because he's having to like mark his territory at the at Disney on Ice at the KFC Yum Center. 
and Virginia a couple times like kind of bumped him. As you know, you're at a place with a bunch of kids, like you know it's gonna happen. And he kind of just get, like turned around, like give me the glare. And I'm like, dude, get the hell out of here. Yeah. I was like, am I gonna get a fight on Disney on Ice? Like, <laughs> you know what you're getting into. I'm sorry, there are kids around. This is a kids thing. Some of them don't know personal space yet. Like, I'm trying to keep her away as much as possible, but you're gonna get bumped a little bit. It's like when there's like a gigantic celebration at a football game. You can't get mad that somebody accidentally hits you. It's just it it comes with the territory. Those guys suck. But it, regular Disney adults, no, it's fine. It's, it's totally cool. Um, but I'm excited to go. I haven't been since I was like 10. We're going to go next month. Kenny Payne drove us to it. Happy for you. Yeah. Texture says, uh, will our Big Z record a stat tonight? No. Oh, he's, you don't think he at least gets a foul? No. I bet I he does. I don't think he plays enough. I bet he – I don't think he's going to start. I, I – would not put it past Kenny to start. This is legitimately the thing that I'm most curious about about tonight's game. Not can we keep it close? Can we actually win? What does Duke look like? Who's going to play well? I'm fascinated to see if Sam Payne starts again tonight. I think he gets less than five minutes. I think that's probably I, – I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say he doesn't start, but he does play, and I think he'll record a stat. I think he'll get like a loose rebound or at least get a foul. He'll record a stat. That's my guess. Texas, I've heard from uh, sources, and you might know as well, is there a mutual interest between Josh Pastner and Louisville? Ooh. I would take him as an interim for like the next like two months, but full-time now. I think Josh would love to come to Louisville. Imagine if we hired, after Kenny Payne, a disgraced, fired coach by Georgia Tech. That would be a terrible coach. May as well get Pastner and Stubblefield together. <laughs> just get the whole band back together. Like Every fired coach just comes on. Maybe Josh is a plant, too. Who knows? Texas says the whole thing didn't start with Telfair. It started with my friend Josh. Thanks, Josh. Start with Telfair. Telfair's, Telfair's the one. He's the lead zombie. Got to stab him in the head. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying. Texas, I'll take those lower bowl tickets. Get yeah, in touch, you will. Get in touch with that texter. Te- That's a good text. I can't read it. That's a good text. Did you see that? No. It's a good text. I'll find it. Texas, I'm not concerned about the game tonight, Mike, but I we can't. I can't, I can't read half these texts. <laughs> Texas, Filipowski, one and a half, McCain, two and a half, both over on threes, then half unit parlayed for triple money if both hit. I feel good about the Filipowski thing because as bad as we are at defending the perimeter, the thing that we're the worst at is the pick and pop. High ball screen, both guys always go with a ball handler. The big man setting the screen, if he can shoot it at all, just rolls outside of the three-point line, and he's always wide open. Phillip, I'm not guaranteeing he's going to make two, but he will get at least like three or four good looks at the basket. And if he shoots it as well as he shot it the last couple of weeks, he's going to make at least two tonight. Can't read that. Texas says a flow chart that I created regarding KP. This is a great looking flow chart. That's a it's, lot going on. It's not going to translate to the radio. This is great work. This is fantastic. It's going to be a hit on social media. I would use it there. I can't accurately describe it on a radio no. in a way in which it's going to, to translate. It's a lot going on. I've never seen a flow chart so big. Texas has another fan here who will ride if KP gets a, a year three. I don't think you all are alone. Texas, I'm 100% convinced that KP was told he was going to be fired in December. Everything he has done since then, from bringing in Knox to starting walk-ons every game since, just shows he doesn't give a crap. I, I don't know what the conversations were. It was very clear that like there was some communication. I, I don't know if it was like he found out that they were trying to fire him or... Josh just told him, like, you need to pick it up significantly or your job's on the line. And he, it was obvious that something happened. Like, the way that he started reacting, the way that the players started reacting. I mean, you've heard, and people are like, did you hear anything about it? I heard lots of stuff. And it's not, I, I can't 
talk about it the same way that I talk about the interim coach thing because I wasn't hearing it directly from everybody, anybody involved. But it sure sounded like there was a conversation, and and Kenny became aware that he needed to pick it up a little bit. I don't know if he's being like petulant now because he knows he's leaving, and so he's just going to get petty. And he's it, this is the result of all of it. It would make more sense than he's actually try, actively trying to keep his job uh, and doing the things that he's doing. Uh, I don't know. Texas, I'll give the uh, I'll give five hundred and two dollars to the five hundred two circle if Zan, Hersey, and D'Lo start tonight. <laughs> Look, we established it earlier in the show. If he starts Zan, Hersey, and Danilo tonight, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything he's doing is a direct reaction to what we say here on this radio show. It's been a long, it's been a joke for a while now. This will be, it'll become legitimate. If we leave here, we go home, I get home, fire up the computer, I see the starting lineup come out, and those three are in the starting lineup. I'm like, this is a direct, he's talking directly to us, all of us. And we know it's a troll job. I'll respect it. It'll make me like Kenny Payne more, honestly. It'll make me it'll make me enjoy the rest of the If I just knew that this was all one big joke, I think it'd be a lot easier to stomach. And then we'll start, you know, then, then we can start like, you know, making them do stuff. We can start saying stuff. We can start being like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be funny if uh, if Aiden McCool started the next game? And then just see, <laughs> He did play last game. See how far we can push it. Texas, would you enjoy watching Purdue kick ass scoots? Um, no, but here's the thing that Purdue, this version of Purdue is just not an exciting basketball team. They're just Zach Eady. Whereas Kentucky's got all kinds of athletes on the, all over the floor. It just makes it fun. Yeah. And I, I, I am, I'm, I look at it through more of a college basketball fan lens than anything else. Texas Mike, we text you because you have a great product. We don't even go to games anymore. <laughs> we do the text. I mean, a lot of people were, were talking about, um, I can't remember who I was talking to, but somebody was was bringing up like, you know, when the the team is so bad, our numbers dip for podcasts and, and and stuff like that. And honestly, like the text line numbers, you know, we don't get a ratings book, but we see the download numbers for for the podcast, and, and certainly we see the text line numbers. It's been amazing to me like how much people have stayed active mm-hmm. with the show because. If you'd have told me two years ago that we would not have any fun basketball to talk about in, in, in any of the three seasons that we've covered on the radio show, I'd say, well, people will just check out. And I'm sure some people have. I, I get that this isn't – it's not fun sometimes to hear the same things said over and over and over and just kind of beating a dead horse. But I think we try to make it as fun as we can while maintaining an appropriate level of anger <laughs> about everything going on. But we love you guys. You, you are the best. It's your show. I'm sure you like hearing your text read on the show, too. Texas, Mike, those zombies in 28 Days Later ran because they were technically still alive. They were really just humans infected with an even more intense version of rabies. Yeah, you're right. They weren't technically zombies. They would just say it was more of like a, a medical thriller. But they were still scary. Texas, how long is this IU UK fan going to be your guest host? Jesus. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Texas, tonight feels like the Flint Tropics Mega Bowl. If we win free corn dogs for everyone in attendance, that's Chris the plumber. Texas corn, corn dogs are so gross. I, I I don't I hate corn dogs. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a corn dog Nasty. guy. Nasty. Uh, Chris also said thanks for honoring my B day, Mike. I'm hearing if Kyle's the guy, Jay Wright might come as an assistant to add to all the speculation. There you go, Kyle Neptune, Jay Wright package deal. <laughs> Make it happen. The Chris the plumber birthday special. Texas, what about Billy Donovan? This is the same guy who's texted in. What about Billy Donovan? The last five times that he's texted the show. I am still Literally. I am still interested in Billy Donovan. 
I don't think that Billy Donovan is interested in us. Texas Scoots follow golf. Does he know who Tiger Woods is? Never heard of him. I wonder what other golfers you don't know. Now I'm just curious. I, I mean, I guarantee if you went through a list and just started naming them, I would know 99% of them. I've never heard of Eric Cole. Do you know who John Rahm is? I do know who John Rahm is. He's a behemoth. See, now I just think you're going to lie to me. If I say, like, do you know who Wyndham Clark is? I do know who Wyndham Clark is, yeah. Terrell Hatton. Yeah. I'll be honest if I don't know one. I mean, you're naming some pretty big ones. Well, I mean, Eric Clark, I think you would you should know. PJ Rookie of the Year. Eric Cole. Eric Cole. Eric, I don't even know his <laughs> you name. You don't even know him. Do you know who Denny McCarthy is? I've heard of Denny McCarthy. You should know yep. Denny McCarthy. Yep. Do you know Justin Rose? I do know. He's he's pretty old now, though. But Will Zalatoris. Of course. he looks. He's the kid from uh, Happy Gilmore. Adam Scott. I know Adam Scott. Hideki Matsuyama. Of course. You know all these people have in common? They all finished below Eric Cole last year on the money list. Did they really? Yeah. That's wild. Well, the last six that I named. Hmm. Good for Eric Cole. Eric, I mean, I'll never forget him now. I, I feel like you're going to know Eric Cole forever now. I'm going to literally look for him in every tournament I watch from this here is a, on out. This is a pro Eric Cole radio show now. Yeah, I Eric, agree. Eric Cole's our guy. Texas is angry guy still pretending that he's not a UK fan. Sometimes he forgets to to not text from different numbers and he'll do the whole thing where it's <laughs> it's so obvious to do too where he's like I'll be honest as a Louisville fan we've never been on par with Kentucky as a program I'm like alright buddy like I, I can see your other tags come on Texter says um, Greg Heyer is now the head coach of Mineral Area College in Missouri oh and he's 19-0 and 0. is he really? It's Mineral Area Community Mineral Area College my favorite movie of all time is Hoop Dreams and is what? is Hoop Dreams Never seen that one. You've never seen you would like Hoop Dreams. It's, it's a great basketball. It's the best documentary of all time. Um, Roger Ebert said it was his favorite movie ever, too. Arthur Agee, if you don't want to have it spoiled, don't listen. But Arthur Agee, the movie focuses on two kids that are big-time basketball players in Chicago in eighth grade and follows them through high school. It's crazy. He has full access to the families for like five years. Um, and Arthur Agee, the one who struggles a little bit more in high school, he ends up signing, He ends up going to Mineral Area uh, College in, in Missouri. It's where he goes after high school, and then I think they say later he he got a scholarship and played at Arkansas State, but did not know that Greg Heyer was there. Um, well, again, proof that you there is no cancel culture in sports. You you, you can't yeah doesn't exist. Texture says um, I can't read it. Texture says does Scoots listen to his interview of Calipari over and over before bed? I mean, you didn't do the interview. I didn't interview it. You were on the show, but you didn't talk. I was correct. Yeah, I mean, I never talk during interviews, especially not one with Cal. I'm gonna get like, we need to get Jeff Brom on and just have you interview. I'm just gonna be like, at the last thing, I'm gonna be like, Scoot, you got this. I mean, I can do a good interview. I think you could. I have no doubt about it. Texas, do you think that Vegas messed up on the line not knowing that Zan Payne is gonna play 30 minutes tonight? <laughs> no. Texas, Scoot says that Dave Bliss is 80. Scoots, you know what they say, the good die young. Please. Oh, because he's not good. Got it. He had a rough go of it. Yeah. Texas, you won't be, Texas, I won't be happy if UK wins at all. That kind of suck because so many UK fans are obnoxious. Neanderthal, come on, we need to get political. I'll just be happy for a few of my UK fan friends who are normal, nice people. Being happy for them lessens the pain. Yeah, it's one of the, hit the cough button. I have UK fan friends that I and family members that I am genuinely happy for when UK does good things, like when they won it all in 2012. There were friends that I was like, good for them. They're going to have a great night. I'm never happy that UK wins it all. 
I'm never not cheering against them. It's the rivalry. That's what it's, the way it's supposed to work. But yeah, there are, you know, like my aunt is a diehard UK basketball fan. And when they win it all, I'm glad that she's happy. But that's about it. Everybody else can suck it. Like my, my aunt, my friends, that's it. They're normal, nice people. But some of them just aren't aren't normal. They aren't nice. Texas Scoots would like Epcot. What up? You'd like Epcot. Yeah, I know. What up? I think so. Is that where the beer is? They have beer at Epcot. Okay. I think they have beer everywhere now for like all the Disney parks. Sweet. Sign me up. But I'm really enjoying Epcot when I went the first time. I'm curious. I don't know if we're even going to go this time because we're only going to be there for like four days. I think we're going to do Magic Kingdom twice, uh, a couple other things. I don't know. We have all. Mary's on it. Says, Happy 50th birthday to Kelly Kapowski. Robot voice. Boner alert. Boner alert. <laughs> I'll suspend that. Easy now. Boner. Easy. We have to go through more modules. Some people don't learn. Texas says, Mike, do you think the people in charge will let us do a clean swap of Andre McGee in exchange for CJ? No. Come on. Texas, healthy debate. People who complain about people standing up in front of them at sporting events, especially major ones, should just stay home. Yeah. I agree, too. I mean, like sometimes it is annoying when like the entire section sitting down and one guy standing up and kind of blocking you, but... Just stand up. Like, you know it's a possibility. You should go into every sporting event that you go to recognizing that it's a possibility that you may have to stand up the entire time. That's the way that I would view it. Texas, if someone said the Lions would be in the NFC Championship game, but in return you had to go on the radio every day and have stern monologues about the men's basketball team, would it be worth it? I pretty much am doing it already. So <laughs> it's, like, it's it's basically no change. They're not rants. Also says Mr. Beast is close to a $100 million deal with Amazon for a game show. Good gosh. The raw deal with Netflix to air was for $5 billion. Man. Jeez. So who got the money there, raw or Netflix? I'm assuming WWE. Got the $5 billion? Yeah, they're not paying Netflix $5 billion to broadcast their Why? I mean, Netflix is one of the biggest streaming services there is. Yeah, but they, they need some... They're trying to get into live programming now. And raw is... Still kind of a beast. Again, longest-running cable show of all time, which is crazy. Uh, Texas says, Filipowski will have 20-plus attempts tonight. They're going to try to get him closer to R.J. Davis for ACC Player of the Year. Well, R.J. Davis went off last night. Did he? I think he had like 36. North Carolina went off. North Carolina, yeah, they looked good. They, that did not make me feel better about the 25-point loss to Wake Forest. That was rough. Texas says, Eric Cole will now be a lock in Scoot's Draft King lineups. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm telling you, I made... Is he playing this week? Because yeah. he will definitely be in my DraftKings lineup. This That's week. how this whole conversation got started. We're trying to pick... Uh, you know, this is our first week of fantasy golf. We're trying to pick our guy. And I was like, I'm thinking... I'm, I'm looking at Eric Cole pretty hard. Uh, the guy who I play with, my buddy Danny, who I do the podcast with, is a gigantic Eric Cole fan. He wants to save him for Augusta. I'm like, we're not doing that. No, he's going to be cheap in the lineups, I would imagine. Well, again, you can pick anybody. You just can't, in, in this league, pick them more than once. So, like, you know, Xander Shoffley is the, is the favorite this week. It's not a gigantic field, but you kind of want to save him for the bigger tournaments later on in the year. Um, Man, Cole's expensive. I'm telling you, he's like, he's like the, the 10th best odds. Just hmm. saying. Texture says, I'll donate a packet of hot hand warmers, 67 cents, and an individually wrapped Werther's Original and some pocket lint uh, to the 502 circle. If Zan, D'Lo, and Aiden McCool start, just let Earl Heyman punch me and all of us in the face when we wake up. <laughs> this will be over. It is, yeah. It's the thing that I'm most curious about now. I want to see who he starts. We've got uh, th- there's other college basketball tonight on besides the Louisville game. Let's pick some 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 games tonight. 
because you mentioned Kentucky. Kentucky on the road taking on South Carolina. I think the spread opened at like three and a half, but right now UK is a five and a half point favorite. Oh, it's gone down. It was up to six. Was it? Mm-hmm. Scoots, who do you like tonight? I, I mean, I think that number is way too low. So for that reason, I'm going to take South Carolina just because I'm, I'm thinking that's what Vegas doesn't want me to do. So I think South Carolina covers. I think Kentucky ends up winning, but I think it's going to be a close game. I, this is one of those it's complete uh, opposite of what I said. This uh, morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, more time goes on, you get more educated. I get it. I'm not going to bet this. I feel like it's kind of a dummy line. I feel like UK is going to cover, but narrowly. I, I do think it'll be a little bit closer than expected. Um, but I'll take uh, I'll take Kentucky to win by like eh, six. How about that? Nice. Um, uh, we've got uh, Texas and Oklahoma is at seven o'clock on ESPN. Oklahoma is a four and a half point uh, home favorite over the Longhorns. I like Oklahoma in this game to to win and cover. Yeah. I, I still don't. I mean, Texas. I know they were kind of playing for their lives against Baylor over the weekend. I lost money on that. They still should have lost that game at home. Oklahoma, I think, is, is not like a Final Four good, but they're legitimately good. They'll be up for this game. I'm gonna take the Sooners to to cover the four and a half at home against Texas. Yeah, I like Oklahoma too. They're gonna be at, horns down everywhere. The only yeah, you're welcoming it at that point. Trust <laughs> me, we we know from experience. The only matchup tonight featuring multiple top 25 teams is at nine o'clock. You can't watch it. Big 12 Network, you don't get it. ESPN Plus, maybe. Uh, number four, Houston on the road taking on number 21 BYU. A lot of offense in this game. If you like great offensive philosophies, you'll love the Mark Pope Kelvin Sampson matchup here. Houston is a two and a half point road favorite. Scoot, who you like? And what is actually this is a Big 12 game? I will tell you right now, Spears has got me. All in on this BYU team, so I don't even need the two and a half. I'll take them on the money line. BYU wins this game. They've kind of come back down to earth a little bit recently. Um, I I love my guy Cahill Fennell coaching over there. I'm going to take Houston to win and cover the two and a half on the road, though. I think Houston's a real deal. I I think BYU. I think BYU's fun. I think they're they're good. Um, My other, the only other big bet that I like right now. I have to look at more of the card before I make some some selections tonight. But I do like. Dayton on the road against LaSalle. They're seven and a half point road favorites. I think they cover Ooh. that. Uh, Louisville is hosting Duke tonight, coming up in about an hour. You can turn flip over to 970 WGTK for the pregame show. Duke is now a 14 and a half point favorite. Scoots has this play out tonight. Do the cards have a fighting opportunity to pull a stunner over the 12th ranked Blue Devils? All right, so I'm going to play a little bit of transitive property game here. Okay. Right? Okay, so Louisville lost by 16 at North Carolina. They're at home here tonight versus a lesser team than North Carolina. And I know the home environment doesn't really mean that much to Louisville these days. I think Louisville covers the 14 and a half. I think they probably end up losing by 12, 13 points. I think Duke gets, gets out to an early lead. Louisville keeps it interesting after that, then has a big run in the second half. They win by, I think it's going to come right down to the spread. I'm going to say Duke just barely covers by 15. Give me uh, Blue Devils 84, card 69. Hope I'm wrong. Go Louisville. Beat Duke. Regardless, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3. Go Cards. One more.